From tragedy to triumph. All right. Welcome, everybody, to season three of Tragedy to Triumph. I can't wait. I'm your host, Aaron Lane, doing big things. Season three, a lot of time between the first episode and now. And uh, a lot of stuff is is evolving. You know, I used to say this, like, initial thing, like, you know, I'm Aaron Lane, a man in long-term recovery who has dreams and aspirations of doing big things. And on a daily basis, we hear tragic stories in the news of people who lose their life to overdose and all of the ugliness that surrounds addiction. But my goal here has been and will always be to share amazing success stories of people who have changed their lives and gone from tragedy to triumph. Man, the fact I actually remember that's pretty pretty exciting. It's pretty long. My uh, guest today is Mario Hall, who is uh, we met I don't know, a few years ago, five years yeah. almost, in the Hamilton County Drug Court program called ADAPT. So a lot has changed since then. You know, before we get into this like, amazing story of how your life has changed in that period of time, why don't you give the listeners an idea of what you're all about? Uh, how you doing out there in radio land? Uh, my name is Mario Hall. Um, just your typical guy, nice, fun-loving guy. So, I'm a father, and that's pretty much it about me. I'm pretty simple. Uh, I don't do much. I go to work and and watch sports. So, uh, like the normal American <laughs> male dad. Who's in the football? You like football. I mean, you're like nine foot tall. I I like just football. FYI, anybody that can't tell <laughs> that's listening to this right now. You're yeah. you are certifiably a giant. I I guess you could call me a giant. I'm six eight. So I mean, yeah. it's pretty tall. I, I mean, I'm six foot, and you feel like you're a whole foot taller than yeah. me. So maybe I'm only five eight. I just kind of push it towards <laughs> six foot. We'll, we'll stick with six. We'll yeah, we'll say that's what it says on my license. Well, okay, we'll you know, blue that. eyes, brown hair, two hundred pounds, and six foot tall. <laughs> None of those are true except for the blue eyes and I guess the brown hair. But no, you you think you've encapsulated that perfectly. Your life today. I mean, you're just a normal dude that's just trying to what live life and be a good dad. Pretty much, yeah. And also, you're in recovery. I am. I am. And that for about how long now? 16 months and nine days. 16 months and yes. nine days. It's pretty substantial. I mean, really. You know, we do this a day at a time, right? But 16 months, nine days. I mean, do you count that often? I mean, are you just like, oh, tomorrow you'll have 16 months, 10 days. Do you feel like that? <laughs> no, I, uh, the nine days part just came because I just looked at today's date. But uh, um, I do keep track of the... The month mark it's kind of uh, special for me you know? okay so, no absolutely uh yeah it's, that 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 is important um, this is the longest stretch of sobriety that i've had so so no like that is and that's something to be celebrated and i think it's amazing because having known you uh just in the recent time i mean i i, I have some insight in your story because we used to talk especially when we were in that treatment together um, but before we get into all that, like, let's kind of rewind the clock as far as we can go. Like, where are you? Are you from Cincinnati, born and raised? or Originally, I'm from a place called Owensboro, Kentucky. Okay. Uh, Stones throw away. <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple of hours. So about, like in about the about holler? Half hours. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, it's, 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 it's a city. Okay. Uh, well, I get that, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, that's where I'm from, Owensboro, Kentucky. It's a city of about uh, 90,000 maybe. So it's relatively normal size, you know, yeah. American town. Yeah, uh, so yeah, that's where I'm from. I was raised there, and I came to Cincinnati in 2008. Okay, so before we, because obviously you're, you're not, you know, you were how old are you? 
42. 42. Okay, mm-hmm. so that means you were born in what year? 70, 79. 79. Okay, so 1979, born and raised Owensboro, Kentucky. Yes. You spent a vast majority of your, your life down there, seems like. Yeah. I mean, if you came here in 2008, that's what's uh, 12, tw- 14 years ago. So yeah. you were how old? Is that 28 years old? Yes, you came yeah. here when you were 20. Yeah. Wow, I'm good at math. It's wow. kind of crazy. You yeah. think with all the damage I've done to my brain. That was quick. That was. <laughs> uh, anybody can uh, fact check me on that or make sure I'm like a human calculator. Uh, anyway, so 1979 in Kentucky. How many, uh, do you have any siblings? I, I didn't have any... Uh, I had two stepbrothers. Okay. Up. So, yeah. So, break that down for me. You were, did you, so your your mom and dad were like, tell me how that will look. My, uh, my mom and dad split up when I was a baby. Okay. Uh, and it was me and her until I was about six. Okay. And then she remarried, and then that's, and I had two stepbrothers. Gotcha. So, do you remember life before you were six in any? I do. Okay. You willing to talk about that? I am. All right, tell me about it. Uh, life, bef- just me and my mom. It was it was good, uh, but well, there was some some traumatic moments there. Uh, dude, my father he was a an an, an, an alcoholic. He's in recovery now. So okay. At the time, he was in he was in uh, drinking, and so there were some some pretty tough moments there after they split up. Uh, you know, with some abuse and things like that. So. So, okay, paint this for me. So you're, uh, you. I mean, obviously, I don't remember when I was three. I don't remember any, you know, like, I barely remember when I was six. There's some things, you know, yeah. I had this, like, this snapshot, right? But you do, do you remember your parents being together is my question. I do not remember them being okay. together. I was maybe three months, four months old. The story I get is I was a baby baby okay. when, they, when they divorced. So you, but you knew that, okay, they were together. They just weren't together as you grew up, it yeah. was this: when you were six years old, your mom met another man, uh-huh. and they got together, and then uh-huh. they had two kids. Well, no, or he had some. He had two kids. Okay, all right, cool. All right, so you, you, all right, gotcha. Yeah. So I'm just trying to break this down. So, mm-hmm. like, how? So, did you ever have a relationship with your dad during this time? I. <laughs> what? My, the story of my father's is 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 very strange. I actually have three dads. Okay, like three, uh, bi- not three biological, not three biological dads, <laughs> yeah, three, uh, three sperm donors. We just tossing it up. Dude. Yeah. Okay. So, so all right. Here it is. Um, there's the guy that was told to me is my father, and that's the guy that I grew up thinking that that was my dad. Okay. And uh, when I was about eighteen, well. In various moments throughout my life, there was this other man that would show up. Uh, he would show up. Like and, a nice uncle. Yeah. I, <laughs> okay. was, I always knew him as my mom's friend. Okay, you gotcha. Know, um, he gotcha. was introduced to me as my mom's friend. I remember meeting him when I was five. I remember him coming back around when I was about 10. Okay. And then when I was 18 is when I actually met him, like, as my father. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that's how that goes. Uh, but hopefully, I understood that. But you're saying so you have a biological father, you have your stepfather at the time, and then you yeah. have another man that your mom was with. Yeah. So yeah. like on the down low. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. No, it is what it is. <laughs> mom, Keep it real. I'm sorry. You know, no, uh, you shouldn't have to apologize. But, uh, like this is look. This is why this is yeah. important, right? Because I think 
as many episodes and interviews as I've done and working in treatment, I understand there's this gateway of trauma in some mm-hmm. respects that people experience. And I'm trying to rewind the clock as much as possible. I want to paint a picture of what, you know, like what you went through. I mean, you're a young guy and, you know, this is your life. This is normal. Yeah. Okay. For you, all intents and purposes. Yeah, right. It is. Um, well, after I found out that the, the, my biological father was my biological father, I kind of just wrote it off. Okay. I didn't really acknowledge it or really pay much attention to it at all. Was he a part of your life growing up then? No. Okay. So then we'll just, so you didn't have your biological dad as a role model in your life young. Okay. No. So, you know, you being the only child that your mom had or did she end up having more? I, I was my mom's only child. Okay. Yeah. Only child brought into a relationship, some step brothers that are brought into the relationship as well. Mm-hmm. You meet them when you're like six years old or yeah. do they, you know? Well, the funny story behind that is uh, the, the older step sibling that I have, he's uh, about 20 months older than me. We were friends prior to them to my, my mom and his dad hooking up. So, so you guys were like in uh, kindergarten, like friends, and then your mom and his dad. Yeah, we were just na- neighborhood friends. Cool. We, yeah, so, you know, we used to ride bikes together and things like that. And then hands up becoming yeah, your brother. Hands up. Hands up Is that something you liked brother. when you were, you were six years old? Like, yes, you get to hang out all the time now. Yeah, well, when I was six, I, I always had a thing. Like, I never had anybody to play with. Oh, because yeah. you're an only child. Yeah, I was an only child. And, you know, I had lots of toys and stuff, you know. And my mom, she made sure I had, like, the best of the best, pretty much. Would so. you think that your mom spoiled you? I would say so. Okay. I see that a lot with, like, you know, uh, one-child families. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I always remember the kid, Chris Clark, in our neighborhood, had everything. He had a brand new, he had a Sega Jazz, he has a Nintendo, you know, 3DO. He had everything. Yeah. And all the dope-ass toys and G.I. Joes and Lego <laughs> and everything. And I just yeah. think, well, it'd be cool if we have all that. And my mom would say, you got two other brothers. Like, you guys have plenty. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. what I mean? So, all right. All right, I'm, I'm not only mean to spend so much time in this, I'm just trying to really understand, okay? So in Owensboro, Kentucky, you, your mom marries a guy, you're six years old, mm-hmm. and he's basically in your life as your dad until you're about 18. Oh, no, he's, they're still married. Still married, yeah. okay, but this other guy was just kind of like a detour. Well, it's all, no, look, I'm not trying to throw your mom under the well, bus, I'm just no, curious. No, well, the, the <laughs> other guy. People are like, dang, my mom's going to be watching this and be like, really, why are you talking all my business? The, the other guy came in, I think he was out of the picture for a while. Okay. And wanted to be in the picture. Gotcha. Um, and so that's why he started to, that's why it came out that way that okay. it was. But at the time, I don't think I was ready for that news. You know, when I, when I got it at 18, I was just like, whatever. You right. Know? And so I wasn't really ready. I kind of had my own thing going on. Well, I'm sure you did, right? Yeah. So, like, let's ju- dive into this part then, right? So, uh, did you just, w- would you say that you had a normal childhood? Normal from the outside looking in. Good point. Uh, so, what would it look like on the outside? On the outside, it would look like Mario's a happy kid. Okay. You know, he's got, he's got things. He's got all the toys. Yeah, all the you toys, know. you know. He's got two, two parents in the house. Mm-hmm. Got a nice home. They live in, and it's a nice, happy environment. So, like, um, kind of like, what do you call that? Uh, middle class. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. So, middle class family. Probably, probably like upper middle class. You know, there you go. Even better. My stepdad had a really good job. He worked at an aluminum factory. Oh, that's epic. So, yeah, he, he worked quite a bit. What'd so your mom do? She was a loan counselor or something. So, at a bank. working in finance. Yeah. So, he works mm-hmm. and he, right. So, there's two high, you know, yeah, good yeah. income. You know, that's yeah. awesome. You know, we didn't, we didn't want for anything. So, you didn't go like in the ghetto is what I'm saying. It's like. No, that's not. Yeah, we didn't live. That's America. what I mean. Yeah. So, you had a typical normal middle, you know, from the outside looking in, middle America, family got two parents, you got siblings, you have all this other stuff. You guys would go on vacation. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But what was it like internally? What was the. 
And when did this, like, when did you, looking back at it now, like, when did you think all that stuff started? When I was about eight. Okay. So two years into this marriage. Yeah. Um, like I said, my, my stepdad was a great man. Wonderful guy. He's a wonderful father. He treated me like I was his, his own. Um, the unfortunate part was his family didn't. Uh, so we would, my parents both worked. So in the daytime, my mother worked, she worked, you know, your typical nine to five job. And, uh, my stepdad, he would work second shift. So he would do 12 hours from like two to 12. Gotcha. So you had some unsupervised time. Yeah. Um, so the, we would get after school, his sister would come and pick us up and we would go to, uh, his, his mother, my step grandmother ran a nursery and we would go over there in the afternoons and also in the summertime while, you know. Yeah, you're off school. Mom. You need to go somewhere during yeah. the day. I get that. Right. So um, there were just a bunch of instances where I was very, I was mistreated there quite a bit. And when you say mistreated, I mean, uh, just keep it well, real. Well, well, one one instance was um, it was hot. It was July. Okay. It was very hot outside. And uh, uh, we had been outside playing in the yard. And uh, it was six of us. It was me, my two stepbrothers. Uh, and three cousins that would that would all go over there. Okay. And everybody came in, and there was a brand new box of fudge popsicles right in the freezer. So we came in, and there was twelve in a box, <laughs> six of us. And so everybody went to go get a fudge sickle, and I was the last one to go in line. And whenever I went to get mine, my aunt, my who my uh, dad's sister, my stepdad's sister, um. Closed the box and said, you can't have one because we don't have enough. We have to save them for tomorrow. Really? Yeah. Everybody else got one except for you. Everybody it's the hottest day one. of the year. Everybody gets a fudge pop. You know, it's a, it's a jello pudding pop, probably. Because <laughs> those were the truth. Let's not, yeah, you know, like, no, no shade his way. But, like, no. I'm a big fan of jello pudding yeah, pops. Yeah, those were very good. Those were very good. Um, but you remember that, like, dang, what do you mean I can't have one? She was just yeah. being rude, like, just being mean to you because mm-hmm. you're, like, you know. And uh, there was a specific time where one time she was picking us up after school. And she showed up. And had McDonald's for everybody. And once again, didn't have enough McDonald's for me. I had she was like, Well, you gotta go in the house and get something to eat. And then when I went to go go in the house to get Bro, something, she was like, We don't have time, we gotta go. That's terrible. Yeah. So Okay. I mean, in um, fact, you remember, like, let's just break that down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, outside looking in, like, oh, so you didn't get a popsicle. Okay. Well, everybody else got one and you're a yeah, kid. Yeah. Same thing, McDonald's. Like everybody likes a happy meal when they're eight years old. Yeah. Everybody has one <laughs> except for Mario. Did you so you felt like part like Man, what is she not like? You it must have felt like no one liked you. Yeah, in that yeah. respect. I mean, especially this, her. This happened quite often. So these are just these two are just, situations. Those are just two situations. Yeah. This. Oh, you're good. I'm like yeah. my dog's upstairs barking because we're doing this at my house and my kids knew better. Like, hey, you need to keep that guy quiet, man. Oh. Let yeah. me let me do that. Just hold that thought because I got to remind them. Guys, keep watching. We're having fun and we'll probably edit this stuff out <laughs> on the other episode. You won't know what to do with your hands. Oh uh, yeah, like <laughs> I won't know what to do. Are you gone? <laughs> <clears throat> Six pounds, but he barks like he's 50. Yeah, a little small dog. Were you like, under, like what am I going to do? <laughs> so, sorry for that little, yeah, little detour there. 
it's all good, man. Look, this is real life. This is, you know, this beautiful thing about podcasts is that we can do that. And yeah. I have to be like, all right, whatever. Yeah. So, man, I need to, you would think as much as I work out, like I wouldn't be out of breath, but I just ran up every <laughs> flight of stairs. Uh, so, that wasn't the first time that happened is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't, you know, it, it happened a lot. Um, so, yeah, that that was pretty much how it was. So, so, so I'm sure that, bro, did you have, like, did you ever tell your mom, like, hey, they're leaving me out, or? I, I did not tell my mom. Okay. Um, and I didn't tell anybody. The reason being is because for, so when I was a child, you know, my father wasn't around that much because, like I said, he was an alcoholic. Right. And he was in active addiction at the time. Um, so, I was happy to have my stepdad. Okay. And my thinking at that time was if I tell my mom, knowing my mother, how protective she is of me, that you're gonna there, lose this there's going to be a problem, and then her and my stepdad are going to split up, and I'm not going to have a dad. Well, on that one. Man, that's pretty substantial if you think yeah. about it, right? And yeah. our childlike understandings of things, uh, same thing for me. You know, when my parents got divorced, I felt like I mm -hmm. couldn't tell anybody because I would be in trouble or no, you know, because one time – I was in trouble, but I was probably being a jerk. You know what I mean? Like now as an adult thinking about that. So, so these things, this is a thing that, and this was his sister or his niece or? This was his sister. So his sister was just basically really shitty towards you. Yeah. And f did she ever give you a reason? No. So your entire young adult, your childhood. Well, she passed away kind of early. Um, she passed away when I was about 10. Oh, okay. 10 or 11. So. So really, I mean, it, it was, it was, it was, it was like, three years, three years, you know, uh, two or three, three years. Three years of her, like, but that's kind of like emotional abuse, yeah. right? And making you feel like left out, not a part of, and somehow that you were different and not deserving. Yeah. That's would be my guess, right? I mean, yeah, I'm not trying to put that, words in your mouth, but that's that exactly seems like. Right. That's okay. exactly right. So you felt undeserving. You couldn't tell your mom internally because you thought that you don't want things to get bad or, you know, mm -hmm. Okay. And her to, like, somehow leave your stepdad and all that. And yeah. then now you're, you know, because it obviously it. affected you. Think about this for a second. Like, the fact that you even had to consider that was you were obviously living with some type of fear, you know, that you were in how you may be responsible for this stuff, like the relationship. Yeah. I think it's yeah. interesting how kids do that. I did that. I think my middle daughter has done that. Mm -hmm. We don't have that power, right? Right. And if you did, you know, I think there's obviously areas like, of like true abuse or something like that where, you know, as a, a good parent would say, you know what, obviously we got to separate, what, you know, part yeah. ways, but all right. So 10 years old now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, go tell me before, before she, like she passed away when I was, when I was young. Okay. But prior to that, I had just started not going to uh, where we were being dropped off at. I would just leave. Oh, because you ain't trying to be there. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm not going to be treated like shit. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'll do my own thing. I'll yeah. make, you know. So yeah. where'd you we, go? We all <laughs> would go to the local uh, community center. Okay. And hang out. But then I would go there, and I would end up leaving there, too. Um, just because it just, I don't know, I was kind of a loner okay. at the time. Uh, so I would just be walking the streets, basically. And How old were you at the time? About eight. About eight. Yeah. Walking the streets yeah. down in Owensboro, Kentucky, by yourself. Owensboro, Kentucky, yeah. Felt like that's the best place for you to be because you didn't quite fit in. Yeah, because, you know, no one... Like me, like me. Okay, I get yeah. that. So. And did your brothers, were they okay towards you? Or were they kind of... Yeah, they were good. You know? They didn't protect you. They didn't be like, why can't he have one? Yeah, you know, the, I mean, the, it was their family. You know, and at the time, they I don't even think that they even Recognize like, realized what was well, going on. Like, they got their happy meal. Yeah. 
yeah. and they're kids. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, <laughs> what expectations can you have? All right. So, eight years old, start hanging out by yourself. You're alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As you become a loner, what kind of things do you experience? Uh, I got bullied. You uh, got bullied. I did. I did. I wasn't always this big. <laughs> I get seven. <laughs> yeah, um, I got bullied. Um, there was a guy in the neighborhood. Uh, I won't say his name, but he was uh, a bully. Okay. And him and his dog, he always had his dog with him. And, like, daily they would come and take my little, my soda money and uh, whatever candy money I had. So that, that happened until one day I got tired of that. Okay. And What'd you do? I hit him with a brick and killed his dog. No way. Hold on, man. It's kind of yeah. like that escalated real fast. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. this guy, you don't want to name names. I, f I get that, right? Because yeah. I'm guessing you you know him. Yeah. I All mean, right. I, yeah, I haven't, I actually haven't seen him in probably since then, really. I, I, I don't, I couldn't tell you if he's still alive or not. Well, know. it is what it is, but yeah. he would uh, steal your money, yeah. beat you up, attack, send his, his dog to attack you mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. That's messed up, bro. Yeah. You finally like time. happened long, many, too many times. Yeah, and one day where you just walk and you would you grab this brick and it was like ain't happening today. Yeah, uh, I, well, I, actually, I had the brick in my hand because I knew he was coming. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like you knew, right? Yeah. Premeditated. Yeah. How old do you think you were? I was about ten. Okay, yeah. so ten years old, yeah. walking with a brick, mm -hmm. not a brick of cocaine, an actual physical house brick. <laughs> yeah. I used to know a dog that ate bricks. Had no teeth. Really? Yeah. So wow, that's that's... A guy had a Rottweiler. I lived in college. Yeah, I kid you not. He had a dog, and that dog would eat bricks, and it would just gnaw him. It had red poop everywhere oh yeah, because gosh. of the red bricks. Anyway, kind of similar story, but anyway, you cracked him in the head with it? I did. And then you hit the dog with it? Uh, or kicked the dog or well, what? The dog was attacking me, and I there was a piece of glass. Okay. I just stabbed the dog repeatedly. Jeez, bro. Yeah. That's hardcore. Yeah. I guess that's also kind of traumatic. It is. All right. No, it's fine. It's important. These things, believe it or not, this is important enough for you to share, mm -hmm. right? This is a, you're already feeling like a loner. You already felt bullied by your, you know, aunts and you're feeling, and you're kind of like your brothers because they didn't stand up for you. Then you're getting bullied as you walk, you know, like on your own. Yeah. And you know what? You took matters in your own hands and like, I'm going to stop this today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I just had enough, you know? I get that. So did it stop? Oh yeah, it definitely stopped. Never, I didn't have any more troubles out of him, and definitely didn't have any trouble out of the dog. <laughs> no, I, can, I, I would think not. It's, it's kind of like, damn, that's wild. So, yeah. so after that happens, did you, like, did he tell your mom? Did like, was it just like it ended that it, day? No, it was. You know, even back then, um, coming up, it was kind of a code. You okay, just, you just didn't tell. You didn't tell those type of things. Like, well, I you never, didn't tell. I didn't so tell. I was being bullied. Tell. Yeah. So, you gotcha. Know, that makes sense. Yeah. I think that that's true. Like boys will be boys type yeah. attitude and. Mm -hmm. You know, culturally, you're saying people didn't tell. Yeah. So this kid, all right, so he didn't mess with you anymore. No. All right. Anything else happen? I'm yeah. guessing if uh, that sets the stage for what's next, then we've got it, to get off the chain. <laughs> well, uh, actually, one day um, I'm walking alone again, and uh, I there was a particular gentleman, a much older gentleman, who uh, was just, I don't know what he was doing, driving down the street, and he saw me walking, and he stopped me. He's like, hey, um, and – we're talking outside the car. He's like, you know, I, I guess he saw it. I was by myself. Apparently, he had probably been, like, watching me. Right. And um, so gets, I get in the car. He gets me in the car with him. and We're riding around, listening to rap music. And, you know, they're smoking weed. And they hand me the joint. And, and you're how old? 
10. 10. Yeah. Okay. What happened to you? Yeah. <laughs> that was about, I was 10. Yeah. This okay. was right. This was around. I always say I jumped off the porch about 10 years old. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was the first time. That was really kind of like my introduction into any type of narcotic. Okay. So, and I, and this, I think this is great, right? Not that it all happened, but just yeah. like great in the terms of what we're looking at for your addiction recovery, right? Mm-hmm. So, 10 years old, a lot of things, some dramas, you know, feeling like a loner. Now, this guy who, you know, had been watching you, which is weird, but whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I get, but like, <laughs> You know, picks you up and you get in a car. You're not realizing you shouldn't talk to strangers or something. You know, well, you he, that? Wa- he wasn't a stranger. Oh, so yeah, I, I knew him. Um, okay, so, so you didn't I, know him. I knew him from the neighborhood. Yeah, he, okay. was, he was a neighborhood guy. He seemed a lot. He's nice to the kids. And stuff. Oh, so he was cool, and you're yeah, like, whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? I'd rather hang out with yeah. him. Mm-hmm. So okay, so you get in. So first time you smoke weed, you're with him, like a blunt or like a joint. It was or? it was a joint. Okay, know, so you smoked. Did you inhale in the eighties? Yeah, I mean, he showed me how to do it. He was like, you know, you hit it, it and hold it in, and you know, I. Coughed up a lung, but you I know. bet you did at ten years old. What's it like? Do you remember vividly how high you were? I do. Okay. I, <laughs> I, music I, sounded better. I'm guessing. Wow. It it, it had a, a ring to it. Um, okay. Yeah. It, it my ears were ringing. I, I specifically remember ringing ears. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd say I was pretty pretty high. All right. And did you like it? I did. Okay. I did. Um, Get that, man. And after that, it became pretty much an everyday thing. You started hanging out with him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, after he, after he dropped me off that day, he said, "Hey, meet me here." And it was, it was his house the next day. Right. And, and I ran over there the next day. Yeah. So now, if somebody, because you found people that you were accepted, that's actually mm-hmm. the reality of it. Okay. Yeah. When you look at the psychology behind it, go from being unaccepted now finding something where you are. And they're treating you like a man. Like yeah. Hit that joint. You know yeah. what I mean? Cool listening to music. Yeah, listening to rap music, drinking beer. and So you started drinking too, like yeah. 10 years old, mm-hmm. smoking weed and drinking. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy that whenever, you know, first time I smoked a joint, I think I was 12. Yeah. I remember. Really? Yeah, and I don't think I really got high the first time I smoked a joint, but when I smoked a blunt with the neighborhood, that was a problem. <laughs> that was a, that was a yeah. real problem. Blunt's like a grenadier. Yeah, it did. It was like, <laughs> I'll never forget it. Like, you know, they're like, yeah, I paid him like $2. Uh-huh. Cause, you know, like I'm peer pressure or whatever, man. I was like, yeah. whatever, I want to be cool. Yeah. And I had to babysit my nephews that night. Oh, wow. <laughs> Back when 12-year-olds could babysit, nep- you know, their family. <laughs> and I was so high, I'll never forget, like, because, you know, the, like all of that. Mm-hmm. My mom, actually, my parents were divorced. She came over. She's supposed to pick me up. And I'm like in my room. I'm so high. Like my eyes are bloodshot. It was bad, right? Mm-hmm. And I come downstairs to talk to my mom, right? I didn't even want to go down there, but I did. And I'm like kind of pacing back and forth. My eyes are all glossy, glossy and red. And she said, "Do you have pink eye?" I'm like, "No, I I got high." <laughs> you told her yourself. Yeah, I did. I was wow. like, man, right into it. So, uh, so from the age of ten. So what kind of things like because I, this is what sets the, you're 42 now. Mm-hmm. From the age of 10 until, like, you I mean, through high school, like, does that just became a normal part of life? Well, yeah, I used to run dope. From Shit, the, so like, that guy was a dope boy. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so um, this is, he's introducing you to the The game. next day when I came to his house, you know, we were over there, like I said, we were smoking weed and drinking beer, and uh, he calls me to the back, and he uh, hands me a bag, and he says, hey, take this bag to this place. Okay. And the guy's going to give you a bag, and you bring that back to me. And, and you were you none the wiser? You were just like, oh, I'll just I didn't ask bag. any questions, man. It was, I was like, okay. So I hopped on my bike, rode it over there, and got the bag and came back. Wow. So you were a runner, which I, I see. I get that. Yeah, I did that for a couple of years. Did At what point did you know you were running drugs? I mean, did you look in that bag uh, first day? I did not. 
No, you just did what you told me not to. I did what I was told. Okay. Um, Gotcha. I I didn't realize I was running dope. I had been doing it for probably about a year. All right. Um, And I. I, What did you think you were doing? I. I, I didn't trading backpacks. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's you know, fine. I just well, you are a kid. Yeah, you know, I mean, you I only was, ask questions. You like, yeah, I, I was a kid. Money. I didn't ask any questions. He used to pay me. You know, I you know, he just give me money, give me forty, fifty dollars. You know, when you're no joke when, when you're like t- ten years old. That's a that's a lot of money. Yeah, Someone you know. handed me fifty dollars right now. I'm like, dang, that's pretty nice. I mean, yeah, the candy store. Oh yeah, so like, and you don't have that bully to take it from you anymore, and his dog's gone. So you got like, whenever you get money, you're like, you're rolling in it. Yeah, that's actually kind of dope, right? No pun intended. So, so you become a dope runner, and you know, getting, uh, you know, making. Was this every time he'd give you like fifty bucks, or was just like, yeah, he's putting a lot of money in your pocket. Yeah, putting money in my pocket. How much do you think you were making a week? I mean, I'm sure it it grew at some point. Uh, Well. At at the time, he he was he was able to kind of not give me. Yeah, because you're of ten, money. right? I, I would think if he's a smart probably one hundred fifty, two hundred. Okay, two hundred dollars a week at ten but, years yeah, old 10 is years a old, shitload of money. Is, okay, for a fifteen year old, it's it's good money. All <clears> cash <throat> under the table. Oh yeah. So you were making that money, much money, and then still smoking weed and drinking. Yeah. And then at what point did you find out you were running drugs? Because that's well, a lot of money, just like not ask questions about. Right? Yeah, that one night in particular, the, um, I I was at his house and it was a it was a weekend. And it was getting late, and I was, like, falling asleep. And he was like, no, 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 I need you to stay up. And I'm like, man, I'm tired. I'm ready to go home. And he was like, no, nah, no, nah, call your mom. Tell her you're staying here. So oh. I did that. And, he, and I was, like, on the couch, like, sleep. He said, come here for a minute. I came over there, and he said, here, hit this. And he put a line of Coke out. Really? And he's like, I was like, well, what is that? You know, he said, just, he said, don't worry about what it is. Just put it up your nose. I was like, how do wake I do you that? Up. Yeah. Because like, you're tired. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I was asleep. I was like, how do I do that? What do you mean put it up my nose? He was like, take it, and he snorted the line, a line in front of me, and he was like, you do do exactly what I did, and that's what I did, and that was my introduction to cocaine. Bro, people are fucked up. Yeah. No, I'm serious. Like, people are just, like, how can you, like, what type of person do you have to be to introduce a 10-year-old to this type of stuff, man? For real. You know, I... Yeah, Selfish. I, I, no, let's just call for what is that? That's some yeah. selfish ass, like, let me bring you into my own dirt. And I'm gonna screw you up. Like mm-hmm. I don't know how many ten year olds you can just give cocaine to and it'd be okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, that that was you know when I think about it, I, my daughter's ten. Yeah, could so. you imagine <laughs> someone handing her cocaine today? Yeah. Oh man, I would. My be, oldest is sixteen. I can't even imagine I would that. I, you would. Oh, you would murder. <laughs> like that's what I'm saying. You think that yeah. dog got it bad? Oh yeah. No, and that's a, that's that's an accurate, that's an important thing, mm-hmm. right? I think the people need to know that. Like this is not unique. It happened to you. It mm-hmm. happens. In every city of America at some point in time, and people do shitty things to kids. And sometimes it goes really far into weird other areas, but yeah. this is, you know, uh, your brain's not even done developed, right? You, oh, you don't really have a good sense of self. You feel belong, you like you belong. This guy's giving you not only money, mm-hmm. but other things that you already enjoy right off the bat, but now co- putting cocaine up your nose. Yeah. And I'm guessing you remember that first time, too. Oh, yeah, I loved it. You I feel knew, invincible? I, I, yeah, I knew right then. That's crazy. I knew then that that I whatever this I, is, I whatever this. this is, I wanted. Okay. I wanted all the time, and, I, and and from that point on, I would I would ask for that. Like he yeah. would give me weed, and I'm like, no, I don't want that. I want that other stuff. Right. <laughs> you know, that's what I was saying. Did you start making less money then? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. All of a sudden, it changed really quick. Pretty much from 250 like, to like, yeah, ten dollars plus your to nothing. Really, that's um, crazy because he just went to him, and yeah. you basically were working to get dope. Yeah. How okay. And nothing, nobody at home is any wiser. No, no. Not at first and not, I mean, how long did that take before, you know, before moms was like. I was, 
I was well into my teenage years before Damn. my mom even found anything out about like anything that I did. And that's not a knock to your mom. Okay? No. But I also, and, and we're good at hiding things, but also like, look, I mean, it's like I found when I, I don't want to get into some of this, but sometimes like because things are happening currently in my life mm -hmm. and it's like, it's not my place to share those about family members. Oh, yeah. But there are things as a dad that I am made aware of that uh, I'm like, how the heck did I not see that? I mean, I'm like, well, because I'm not supposed to. I'm not, like, I'm not omnipotent. I'm not, like, and I try to give some, like, you know, privacy and all those things. I got my own life. I'm trying to grind and make a living, you know, provide for these people. Exactly. So your mom and a lot of the same things, but she didn't know for years. So you did this. You were doing cocaine pretty much every day? Or would you say, like, as often? As often up. as possible. I wouldn't say every day, but. Was, did you just do that? For, for a 10-year-old, it was a little, it was. Quite often. Okay, so I know we're spending a lot of time in your past, and we got we got some time to, to you know move forward. It's all good because these things are really interesting. Yeah, I, honestly, most of my since I've been in recovery, I've, yeah. what I, what I've come to realize is that most of my trauma and most of my problems today are stem there. from back back then. Exactly. I'm glad so. you see that because I know that about myself too, and mm -hmm. I know that. You know, it's like unresolved things that we yeah. never deal with. And your coping mechanisms are being developed at a young age. Like, now mm -hmm. all of a sudden, like, in order to have the energy to do something or to desire, like, cocaine is a huge part of that. Okay? Yeah. And that changes, is literally changed your brain at yeah. a young age, right? Mm -hmm. um, and it's producing serotonin and, you know, all, I mean, it's, right. It's obviously, <laughs> like, there's yeah. the chemical part of it that we don't have to break down. I'm not a doctor yeah, or a scientist. Yeah. I just know, like, yeah. hey, it's changed and stuff. But it obviously didn't affect your growth spurt. Like, how old were you when you got <laughs> shot up? Like, were you a teenager starting to get taller? I was really? in high school okay. before I really grew. Did um, you do all right in high school or like, no? As far as grades? grades? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I did the minimum. Okay. Just I did, enough to get by. I played basketball. So, so I, they just pushed you on through. I did what I had to do to play basketball. What is that? And, what do you mean? You know, um, I think my GPA in high school was like 2.8. Okay. You know, so you did just average. enough. Yeah. While you were playing basketball, like in high school, yeah. right? So, um, so I could go to college. Yeah, yeah play college. I, ball. I wanted to play college ball. How often, though, like you said, from the age of fourteen on was cocaine? How often would you be doing cocaine? And how did you supply that habit? Fourteen on, cocaine, a few times a week. Okay, a few yeah. times a week. Yeah. Um, and still running for yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Um, well, I I quit. I didn't run for him from the time I was like. He got. He went to jail. He got locked up. He went to prison. <laughs> surprise! Surprise, everybody. <laughs> yeah, he went to prison when I was about. I was twelve. Was he dealing? Did he go because he was I, dealing drugs? The, the, the story is like okay, so I go to his house one day and I'm doing what I normally do. Gives me a bag. I take the bag somewhere and bring another bag back. Well, when I came back with the bag on this one particular day, the house was surrounded with police. <laughs> You kept that bag then. I, I I did not keep the bag. I hid the bag. Oh, <laughs> yeah. gotcha. Yeah, um, he lived next to an abandoned uh, building, and um, there was a, you know, a hole in the door that I could climb through. Gotcha. And I put the bag there and called his brother. Oh. And his brother came, came and got, got the bag. And yeah. for like, if you would have had foresight, like, hey, the police take this bag from me, and yeah, that, leads, saying, that like, leads into a whole nother I know. story. Oh, okay, um, that's cool. So, <laughs> so his brother took the bag, oh, I love and this stuff. so I'm. He did probably eighteen months or so, okay. two years ish. But while that time, you're just like, are you messing, like working for his brother? 
No, no. no. Well, that, Freelancing? At, yeah, I just <laughs> no. At that time, I was just out playing ball and using dope. Where were you? Where were you getting cocaine from then? Uh, he was your just guy. all around. Uh, just, I like, knew well, I knew a couple knew. of people. Yeah, well, there um, you go. Probably uh, the guys you were delivering. Yeah, to, exactly. Right? See, you know, I went to a couple. I went to the couple of houses and you know we get it from there. Well, how did you afford it? I I didn't have to. Why not? Uh, because I was I knew them. We were cool. It's interesting. Yeah. Is that a cultural thing? No, I'm trying to I figure mean, out, like, no one was really giving me free drugs when I was a teenager. <laughs> well, you know, you, you do things for people. Like um, what? You know. Like killing dogs? <laughs> no, I'm trying to figure out, like, You run different real. errands. Um, uh, you know, you you you, you fight. You uh, Okay. Um, you were, like, an enforcer. Uh, not to an extent. Like, look, this is Owensboro, Kentucky. Like, it's not like, you know. Yeah, you know, um, I would go there, and they would they would have me run errands for them sometimes, okay. um, you know. So you're still a runner. Is what I, was, I was, yeah. I guess I guess you would call it freelancing, like you said earlier. Yeah, so you would do whatever, like, like, hey, man, I need you to go, like, hit this lick for me. Yeah. Or, like, grab this or, like, yeah. wrap this person up type yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever, you yeah. know what I mean? Get... Threaten them or whatever. I, imagine me, 13 years old, threatening to grow Bro, I did some dumb ass <laughs> shit when I was 13 years <laughs> yeah. old. I remember my dad's, <laughs> so funny. My dad was went shooting with a friend of his. So mm-hmm. he borrowed another friend's, like, arsenal of handguns and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had some, like, and my dad put him in a bag behind, like, the couch in our living room or behind a chair. And Eric and I, my Eric's my younger brother, find this bag full of guns, like, awesome. You yeah. know what I mean? We don't know what it is. And Eric, thinking he's a genius, shows it to one of our local neighborhood friends. Oh, wow. So next thing you know, this guy takes off with a handgun, like a Beretta. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, just, not, not just he's like 10 years old, running yeah. around the streets of, of College Hill with a Beretta on him, right? <laughs> so in my infinite wisdom, I thought, because I asked for the gun back and he wouldn't give it, like, I don't got it, what are you talking about? I was like, what do you, what do you mean, what are you talking about? Yeah. So I went back to our house and grabbed another gun and walked through college chill with it in my waistband because you know, i was a thug and i was like you ever seen the, the end of a barrel you ever see you know like you trying to go like you know i was just so, oh my gosh oh my, God. my dad whooped my ass dude i'll never forget walking home i can imagine <laughs> like busting me right in the face and i was like what he's like what the f- is wrong with you what do you mean yeah. you know like it was such a bad scene and my dad even today is like you guys have no idea how bad that could have been for us mm-hmm. you know what i mean if he didn't return the weapon all that but anyway yeah. okay it's not about me. I just like I love when I do these shows. It sparks this thing in me. Like, it's all right. How because it, like it's it's like we all have this. Some some people I've had on the show have these wild paths where you're like you can't even fathom the amount of trauma people go through. And it's typically with women that are really depressing ass mm-hmm. things, like really gross. And this is trauma. You're a man. This is this is. But it's also acceptance in a part a lifestyle. You are in a lifestyle really quick. Yeah. Um. I actually one of the guys that um I used to deliver to he. That I actually I really got introduced to crack cocaine from one of them. Okay, um, he he wanted me to to make a run for him, and, but I guess he had to cook his his batch up or whatever. Okay, gotcha. And uh, he was out of baking soda, mm. so I was there. He said he had a, he had some baking soda left, but he didn't think it was enough to cook what he had. Okay, so what he did was he. Uh, taught me the art of cooking crack. Oh, shoot. So, and he left me at his house to cook up the, the he, rest of what, it. what he had given me. He had given me a little bit to cook while he went to the store to go get some more baking soda. Interesting. Well, apparently, I guess he had to go by all the, ba- all the stores in the city because <laughs> he was gone for quite a while. And he came back, and I had cooked up all of it. 
And he was he was so pissed. He was like, "What are you doing? You ruined my dope." I was like, "I don't. I mean, you told me to cook, so I right. did." You know, I mean, I ruined your dope. Like yeah, you left for hours, you know, bro. Like you know, and you, this is the first time I've ever done this. Yeah, he told me what to do, so he was like, "Well, give me that." And then he, then he takes it and he smokes it, and he's like, "Woo!" <laughs> and he, I guess that was the best dope that he ever smoked. No shit. <laughs> so, so your yeah. first time, like, oh, I'm telling you, like the Pillsbury Doughboy, right? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, whipping I, it up. I, I guess I had a. A knack. a knack for yeah. cooking crack. Thanks. I like that. I got a knack for uh, cooking crack. Knack for cooking crack. No, yeah. it's it, it's fascinating. So, you know, how old were you when you learned to cook crack? Uh, I was 12, 13. Damn, 12, see, that's 13. what I'm saying. We, yeah. got, we, we started when you were 10. We're still 12 right now. Yeah. It's, all, it's all good. I just, I like seeing these things, and he introduces you to it. You learn how to cook it, and you also smoked it for yeah. the first time, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. And I bet that was because cocaine already. That was just, better than the powder. Right? No, yeah, I know. I, I was... Well, I didn't smoke crack until I was like 28 or something. Right? Oh, yeah. And it was because it wasn't, I always thought it sounded really stupid. Like, yeah, let's smoke some crack. Like, it's, it sounds dumb, right? Yeah. And I was hanging out with a guy who used to steal stuff. Like, I mean, it's so, he, he and his mom would smoke crack, mm -hmm. right? I'm like, I ain't trying to do any of that. And I would do pills or like, you know, because I'm a better junkie than everybody <laughs> yeah, else. High class. I know. And cocaine, <laughs> fine. But I was like, and it just always looks stupid and doing this stuff. And yeah. I'm like, I didn't, you know, like, what do you mean you got to take, well, it's just like too complicated. Yeah. But then, you know, I learned really quick. He's like, look, just do it. And yeah. actually, his mom said, don't let him do it. And he was like, no, nah, if he wants to do it, he's a grown man. Like, he can do it. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, now I get it. I got it. It changed. Like, I heard, like, the sound of a train coming oh, through wow. it, and sweat from the brow and, like, really alert and ready mm -hmm. to, you know, change everything. Probably had an erection, too. I'm not sure. I had all <laughs> sorts of things popping off. That was, that was like, really intense. And uh, from that point forward, like I and I did a little bit of cooking, but then I went from crack and smoking it to shooting it, mm -hmm. and that's another. I mean, I'm glad you never got into that, man. No, I, I you think you know anybody I, that's watching or listening to this that is shoot shot cocaine is a terrible thing. I mean, it's totally different, and it makes you feel you get like uh, what's that thing when you have indigestion or heartburn? Uh -huh. Like it makes you feel like you get true, real life heartburn from shooting. Really, uh, cocaine. At least I did. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, you're putting like you know jet fuel in your in your veins. Yeah, I I, I never <sighs> I never was an intravenous uh, guy. No, I, and that's I, fine. But I'm, I mean, I'm like you. I was a better junkie. I know, I'm right? Doing that. Well, I always think it's funny because we start with cocaine, now we're crack, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. And you realize it's just the same thing, but more addictive in yeah. the way that it gets. It actually the whole I believe the the idea behind crack cocaine is it gets in your system faster. Yeah, than does. snorting. Mm -hmm. That's really it. Just changes chemical compounds. Mm -hmm. It's no different of stuff. It's just the way your body absorbs it. Uh, mm -hmm. Like anything, like shooting it is faster than all you know these mm -hmm. other things. So yeah, all right. So smoking crack and doing cocaine in high school. Were you still drinking too, and smoking yeah. weed kind well, of but at not that really. at that time though, because um, you were playing sports. Yeah. And well, I just I, I didn't really like drinking too much. Um, alcohol kind of took you, you like out. to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm a speed guy. You know, I get it. Yeah, so, um, you know, alcohol. It, Blowed it, you it down. Just, yeah. And yeah. it made you feel stupid or whatever. Yeah. And, I, and I always did stupid things when I was drunk. Like, yeah. real stupid things. I get that, man. Yeah. You know, that old liquid courage, I mean, it causes mm -hmm. more issues than any of the other drugs, except fentanyl, and that's just, we, no one's going to argue with that because yeah. that's just killing people. So, all right, let's fast forward a bit, right? Okay. So, this kind of sets the stage. This is when drugs are introduced to your life. Yeah. How long... You used cocaine from the age of, of roughly 10 years old yeah. until uh, 16 months ago. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a long time, yeah. right? You're talking 16, like 32 let's, let's years, something like that. 30, roughly 30 years, yeah. right? 30-year cocaine habit. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
This is for anybody listening or watching. 30 years yeah. of a, you know, where I'm able to make it work, but I'm sure it impacted your life a lot of times. So why don't we Wait. just kind of like, I mean, it, you know. Yeah, I, I was definitely able to make it work. Um, cause, yeah, because it was just part of your life. Yeah, and uh, as I got older, like I left Owensboro to go to college and things mm -hmm. like that. I, What'd I, you study? Psychology. No shit. Yeah. Where'd you go to college? Oh, uh, I went to a couple of colleges. Okay. Um, I went to. You obviously my, did good enough to get out of high school and go to college. Though. Well, yeah, I, I was pretty decent basketball player. Well, there you go. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So in, in, in high school, so. basketball kind of kept me grounded, so to speak. Okay. Um, going off the chain. And yeah. I, 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 can I, see I mean, that. albeit, I feel like I was probably a full-fledged addict mm -hmm. at the time, but I was able to. Kind of keep it in check, and you're they're star athletes, so they're going to look past things. Oh, that yeah. is universal. Yeah, well, up, I mean, there, there's a, 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 I'll tell you a specific incident where they kind of look past things. A hundred percent. I want to hear it. I was it was my uh, senior year, maybe, and um, it was right before the big game. We were uh, in Owensboro. I went to a high school called Apollo High School. Okay, uh, go Eagles! And uh, uh, so I was playing basketball, and we were about to play our crosstown rivals, Owensboro High School. And at the time, I think they were ranked third in the state, and we were ranked fifth. Mm. And um, we were we were undefeated. We were ranked third, and they were ranked fifth. I'm sorry. Gotcha. Okay. We were undefeated, and we the only time the only game they had lost was to us at their home stadium, and they were okay. coming to our place to play us. And it was the night before. Um, I was with a couple of guys, and um, we were hanging out, getting high. And so we were. We had the bright idea we were going to go to a park and sit in a car and smoke. Crack. And <laughs> we were smoking marijuana. Oh, okay. Just, I was this is marijuana. Like, crack. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was with people. I did a, a lot of my cocaine use was by my was alone. That's what, another thing I was going to ask you. Yeah. But you're saying so you were smoking weed with guys. Yeah, like, I was smoking okay, weed with guys. Friends. And were uh, they teammates or were they just friends? Uh, one of them. One of them was a former teammate. He okay. had already graduated, and uh, the other one was was on the team. And then it was just a random guy that they knew that we was getting the weed from. Gotcha, gotcha. So okay. um, we were all sitting there at this park, and we were smoking and. Cops pull up, you know, we all end up going to jail. And, uh, you know, my mom, <laughs> love it. she came to pick me up from the. Is was your first time in jail, too? Yeah, that was the first time Good. that I had okay. gone to jail. Um, she came to pick me up from the jail. and um, She ain't happy. Oh, no, she's she's livid. That's when she's finding out, like, putting all the pieces together, like. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. And uh, also, you know, she had. She was having a dinner for the church. You embarrassed the hell out of her, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it was bad. It was bad. So, um, yeah, she comes and gets me from the jail, and, you know, she's cussing and ranting and raving, and um, she makes me go to my coach's house and you know, tell, tell, tell my him. coach what yeah. happened. And and they were like, you know, if, if you go pass a drug test tonight, the, the police officer knew me mm. from uh, basketball, and my grandfather was a jailer. So he worked at the jail, and I, of course, I'm name dropping, like, oh, you know, my grandfather. Right. I was, I mean, Man, you know. I just messed up. I only hung out with these guys one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not a normal thing. Um, so um, <laughs> he's like, yeah, you go pass a drug test, and we'll we'll drop the charges. The police officer, okay, said, if you can pass tonight. He was thinking I wasn't gonna pass because he caught me red-handed smoking. Right. But you know, um, and my coach, you know, he said the same thing. He's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do about the game tomorrow or whatever. So. You better pay, uh, right? Yeah, so we go there to the hospital, and that this is the first time that I actually told my mom that right. anything was going on, and I had to because there was no way I was going to pass a drug test. And, uh, you know, I told her what has happened. I was like, yeah, I was smoking. And 
you know, broke it down to her. And after she hits me about 32 times in my head, uh, <laughs> she takes a can yeah, <laughs> and pees in it and goes and puts it in the cup. And like, I don't want you to be in trouble. This is yeah. what moms do. Like, look, no shit. I mean, mm-hmm. it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. So she, I, I passed the drug test and the results came back. They, they, well, you didn't pass. Well, but she passed, passed the drug test. That's what I'm saying. She yeah. passed the drug test. Uh, you just used the urine. Exactly. Um, you passed in that way. And then they, they, they rushed the results. <laughs> so they would come back before the game the next day. And the coach got the results and, I still ended like, up. I ended up getting to play and start well, the yeah. game and everything. Because you you're know? technically sober, yeah. In their eyes, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny eyes. though. Like I know it's terrible, and like this is your life we're talking about, but this doesn't sometimes feel like it. Like it, it's a movie, yeah. Like you know, star basketball player who had a crack habit, but not really <laughs> gets away. You know, like all right, mom. You know, you pled your case. You told her, I know I messed up, and she's smacking you and like yeah. you're an idiot and blah blah. You grounded, all in trouble. Oh yeah. But I ain't gonna let my baby go to jail over some dumb shit. No, you know what I mean. No. And plus, I mean, parents want to protect. She's mama bearing. Like yeah. she's just like, look, we'll figure this out internally. I don't mm-hmm. need the cops in my life. We don't need all that. Well, also at the time, give me an opportunity too. Yeah, and at the time, I had uh, quite a few scholarship. Offers. That's what I'm saying. I already know yeah. what her mindset was. Yeah. Thousand percent. Yeah, I don't so. think any mom listening to this, or if somebody's faced with this thing, if your child's gonna be in trouble, if you. You know, like my mom took needles at it, like I, like off of me and mm-hmm. put them in her purse when we were pulled over by the like my mom's done like you know yeah. and you can consider, call that enabling fine okay it's enabling, but most mm-hmm. moms or dads or whatever don't want their kids to be in trouble for things they don't then they want to save them and unfortunately while on one hand it's good it's a it becomes a pattern it can ultimately kill that person yeah okay it, it can. It's true. Like, you know, like you got to sell your, it's high school. It's a little different. You got mm-hmm. these, these opportunities to be play college ball and all this other stuff. And that's what I'm saying. I think any adult, any parent faced with types of difficult decisions where their children would be in trouble, how many of them would get in trouble themselves or just let their children, you know, figure it out. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. that a lot of parents would like, I, you know, they go against their ethics, but yeah. they don't want their child to quote unquote hurt. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'd and, like to know. And she knew the ramifications of yeah. what would have it's, happened. It would change your entire life, and she ain't yeah. going to let that happen. Mm-hmm. Like, I would rather deal with this, like, this speed bump. Hopefully you learn your lesson. Go yeah. on from there. So yeah. you were able to play the game. You guys win? We lost. <laughs> yeah, we lost. It's kind of, I mean. Um, yeah, it's kind of a, yeah, we ended up losing that game. Yeah, I wonder why. You weren't, you weren't in tip-top shape. I, my <laughs> I wasn't. I had been up all night the night before. I think that's, um, like, yeah, uh, so. cosmic. You know. I I didn't I didn't play. You didn't deserve well to win. either. That's no. what I'm saying. You didn't deserve to win, Mm-mm. but you at least didn't go to jail. All no. right. Okay. Cool. Now, so like, but this was the thing. The reason we brought that story up, or you did, was because you were give people look the other way, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and um, there was no ramifications outside of being uncomfortable. I guess you know, and your mom, yeah. you know. So you able you get scholarships to go to play ball at school? Yeah, I right? got a full ride to Kentucky State University. Jeez, that's awesome! Um, so you must have been—I mean, was it size or was it actually size and talent too? I'm guessing I, it was both. Okay, yeah. just making sure. Um, you know, sometimes I, I was, feel like, look, you know, not everybody that's tall is good. Yeah, uh, we, yeah, I was pretty good. Was okay, pretty good. no, absolutely. If you're good at scholarship, I think you know you're yeah. fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's I, awesome. I, I was I was a pretty good ball player. Okay, so um, you get the, you get the college. Then. Yeah, I got to college now. I'm 18 years old. It's the first time I'm like really, literally on my own. Right, um, and I'm at uh, an HBCU, uh, historically black, black yeah, university, yeah, college university, and um, so I can't go. Is what you're saying? You could go, but they, I, there were white people there. 
All right. Yeah, Do so. I identify as black? Is that <laughs> no. <laughs> no? No, it's just historically. A yeah, black it's just it's just historically. Like you know, Howard University, I exactly. think they let white people go, but oh, they there's do. like. You know, they'll let anybody go. Like, it's, it's not like you yeah. can't go, but most white like people you just, yeah, I choose get it. not to. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> You're like, that's their school, homie. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. We're stupid. Don't um, But, yeah, I was there. Um, and and like I said before, but before I left high school, I was a full-fledged addict. So, you know, I got there, and I was on my own. Uh, I could do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it or not do. Right. You, you know, had nobody to report to. Nobody. And that was bad. Yeah, most of the time it is. Yeah. So because you didn't really develop, like, you, one, we already know what your coping mechanisms are because we talked about them. It's mm-hmm. drug use. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't really have any accountability to anybody. Like, you lived in this place, you probably had money, you had a full scholarship. Yeah, I didn't have to pay for, like, food and things like that. So I'm saying, so really it's just like, what, I mean, your yeah. only job when you go to college is to go to college. Yeah, That's your that's only it. real responsibility. Sometimes people end up having to get jobs or but whatever. Mm-hmm. But this ended up, like, how quickly did you get kicked out? Well, by the end of the first first semester, I was uh, on academic probation, and I couldn't play basketball the second semester, and I was gone by the end of the year. All right, so yeah. it just it just nosedive really fast. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, it's pretty much when I got there, right? Yeah, and I, during that, like, what was your reasoning to your family, like, why this is happening? They don't like me. No, <laughs> I mean it, it was it was obvious it was bad grades, um, and but the the reason that I gave for bad grades was. I don't think I ever gave a reason, to be honest with you. I just like it's not the school for me. Yeah, it just wasn't wasn't the place. So did for me, you, you know? then you lose your scholarship, right? Yeah. Okay, and then you're like, well, I got. Did you take time off school? I did not. You went um, right to somewhere else. I went to a. Um, I met in the summertime. I, I would still. I was playing basketball for a local uh, local team back home. Okay. Um, called the Joy Program, and um, we would go around to tournaments and stuff throughout the state. And there was a guy um, on that team who had played uh, Division One basketball at Eastern Kentucky, and one of their assistant coaches from Eastern Kentucky had gotten a head coaching job at a junior college. Okay. And he introduced us, and he let me come and play for him. Cool. All right. So you did that, though. I like did how, that. Okay, yeah. and you were able to make it work? Uh, yeah, I went there. I didn't play basketball that year. Um, right. I went there. It, w- it was strictly to kind of get grades up and – you know, and redevelop and, and, and get right. my transcript together so I could move on move to another to school. The university. Because mm-hmm. your was your goal during this time, was it your goal to go play professionally? I, it was. Okay. It was. And you feel like you had a, an, like, if all things considered, if you didn't have a drug problem, yeah. would you I, have been able to go? I think if, I, think if, if I didn't have a drug problem, I'd have been, still probably been playing. A thousand percent. Yeah. I think, and I think that's accurate. And I, I know I'm just messing with you when I say, you, you, you mean you, play, you, can, you can play ball? Like, what is, you know, and yeah. we talk about these things. Like, but that's not your story. Okay, your story isn't like even in our minds, like untreated addiction and alcoholism and mental health or what you know, like this swath of things, um, aren't going to get better until they're remedied. So, and it was only so bad. Like when, okay, your life, you get out of. Did you finish college? I did not. Okay, so you're still like, and you're still thinking about like things you may want to do within that, and some well, respects, but more. I, I I I didn't finish because my eligibility was up. I wasn't right. playing ball anymore. Um, and it wasn't and important because you yeah. were trying to go to the. That's the only reason why I went to school is for basketball. How depressing was it when you've kind of st- like what was it that you started to realize you're never going to get to the NBA? Was that really effective? Well, you, like the- I, it, it. See, there's more to professional basketball than just the NBA, right? So I, I never really figured that I would get to the NBA. 
I, I had like aspirations to like go overseas. Farm team. Okay, yeah, yeah. gotcha. So, um, which yeah. would have been awesome too, right? Yeah. So you're talking about European league or something. You were you were still confident that there would be some area that you could do. This oh yeah, I was getting, I, you know, I was getting letters and calls from agents and things like that all the time. And that like obviously got you in your head too. And like oh, yeah. you know what, man? Obviously, you know, and yeah. I crazy when you think about yeah. it how but like my question okay not just with the nba but to play pro ball mm -hmm. is that better thing to say yeah when did you realize that's not going to happen uh i, I mean if you even had the realization i'm just asking I, I, did you even I, have the realization or it wasn't until after i decided i was going to get married okay <laughs> so like so how does that happen you did you meet a girl and i did uh after i went to the junior college that i went to um the the coach that was at the junior college had actually gotten another head coaching job at another school. Okay. So I left that junior college, but while I was there, um, another school had, you know, uh, found me, I guess okay. so to speak. And I went there and it's Cumberland college in Williamsburg, Kentucky. And that's where I met, uh, your first wife, my first wife. Yeah. Okay. So you met her playing ball. Yeah. All right. Well, she ran track. All right. But so she, you're, she's an athlete. You're an athlete. Mm -hmm. You met that way. Yeah. Start dating. Yeah. She did she know you had a drug? She, she did not. She, that's the thing. So you hid that from her. I hid it very And well. you hid that that's that's a really important thing for people to understand. Yeah. Like all things considered, you've been hiding this really well across the board and the one time that you really were might have suffered some consequences, your mom saved you from it. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. But everything that's happening, all of your going to this school and losing out here and this scholarship and then transferring that is all because you never you, you still made that a part. You wanted to make both of those things work. I'm going to yeah. do cocaine and I'm going to be a professional ball player. Yeah. And that does, you know, it's rare that they could people really put that together. But exactly. you meet this woman and you fall in love with her. Yes. Okay. Right, right, right off the bat. Right off the bat. Mm -hmm. And you, um, you know, how quickly did you guys, uh, did you get married quickly or did you? Well, we dated for six years. Okay, six years yeah. you dated and she still didn't know. No. And you. No, Um. the only thing she had ever seen me do uh, at the time was smoke weed, but. I, that I don't. I mean, it was a big deal to her, and, but I didn't really do it in front of her too much. And also, at the time, everybody did that. We were in college. That's what. Yeah. That's what people did. So yeah. you were with her for six years, or mm -hmm. before you even got married. Mm -hmm. Did you? When did you have your first? Or your like? When did you get her pregnant? Oh, we were, we were married for five five years before okay. she got pregnant. All right. So this is eleven years, is what you're yeah. saying. Okay. So mm -hmm. that does what I'm came. So because I want to kind of jump into like the nitty gritty of things okay. where things start mm -hmm. issues happen, right? Yeah. So you're with this woman having a, a cocaine habit. She doesn't know. You're able to hide it for several years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. During that time, did anything really impactful in your addiction happen? No, not really. Okay. Um, How yeah. often were you using? Uh, Still a couple times a week. A couple times a week at first. Okay. Yeah. At um at first it was a couple of times a week. Uh, like I said, it it, it was. I, I I was able to keep it under wraps because, you know, and, and that couple of times a week was, is what allowed me to do that. Um. So. Gotcha. Yeah. So. It was what just, was your like excuses in that? Like, where you did like you would. Would you go buy dope and then go home, or would you do it like when everybody goes to bed, or like how? It was mainly when everybody went to bed. So you were doing it at night, yeah. And then would you do it like to wake up to go to work the next day? Well, or? I worked nights. Well, that's a okay. Lot, well, that's important. A lot of time I worked nights. So really, you most used... of my jobs were second shift or or third oh, shift jobs. So yeah. that makes sense then. Okay, mm -hmm. that's why you're able to get a, a, a oh, yeah. away with it. Yeah. Is because you're working when most people are. You're most women sleeping. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Got it. 
And you did that for a while. Yeah. And yeah. and you had the connects on these things. You weren't spending nearly as much as the average person, or were you just finding ways to mitigate well, that? I just I wouldn't I just wasn't spending as much as as, okay. a, as an average person. And um, because you had new people. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I say I'm trying to figure out like, yeah. look, my cocaine habit, like when I first really started doing it, mm-hmm. got really expensive really quickly. Yeah. Okay? And I was buying when like I was buying retail prices. So yeah. one like I had a wholesaler, like, hey man, you know, I had some weird weird situations where I try to buy a lot and then be a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. That didn't work out. Um, you know, that's obviously why I'm here today. And also after my daughter was born, um, I have two children, a daughter a son and a daughter. Correct. Um, my 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 daughter came first. And after she was born, um, I was kind of really dead set on being a dad. Yeah, no, you're like okay. uh, because of of my issues that I had, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, I was really really set on that. Uh, so the the drug use really died down in in so that. You've been period. able to put it away, yeah, at times, yeah. You know, when you say when it really went away, like you just didn't. What, how long would you it go didn't go away? Using? Just went down. It went way down though. Okay, it was know. way down. Because uh, I think it's like probably, it might be. BS. It, it was kind of like just like a weekend thing. Oh, okay. You so know. every weekend, yeah. Instead of like a couple times, yeah, a couple a times a week. Yeah, sounds, after she came, it was more like a weekend thing. You know, still I sounds kind of crazy. Yeah, I was just telling you, like, let's just be real, right? Uh-huh. Any you know, adult you know, trying to be a dad mm-hmm. and has a cocaine. You still have uh, you know, you have cocaine yeah. habit. If you can make it work, this is the thing. I'm not anti drug. Okay, yeah. anybody that's watched, listened to the show, or, or or you know, visits the page. I'm not that it's not that I'm anti-drug. It's that I'm pro-recovery. I'm pro-life change, right? Where people can look at things and say, this is causing me issues, and I need to try something different, yeah. okay? Because all for all intents and purposes, there was a part of my life where drugs were fun, and they mm-hmm. brought something to it. And it wasn't until that changed where I was always trying to get back to what it was, and it never came to be that way, yeah. right? So you were able to lower the, the use for a while, hide it from your family. For, for a while. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So for a, while, for a while, when all of a sudden did it start causing issues? Well, that- um, my my son was born. Uh, there, There's 20 months in between there. Okay. So, uh, my son came. Kind of like you and your stepbrother. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really. so crazy little <laughs> parallel right there. It is. Like um, I remember things. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, he was born, and... After he was born, um, the issue of my father came up again. Mm. Um, I, I it kind it was kind of upsetting because you know when you when you're um, when you're when your wife or girlfriend's pregnant and you're at the doctor's appointments and they're asking you all these questions about your family history. And you don't know. I didn't know. I could only tell my mom's side. You know right. that, that that's all I could. That's tell. all you knew. You know, that's right. all I knew. Hundred percent. And and I knew that my. Father that I've been told was not my father, so but I so I couldn't really answer those questions. Okay, um, and that kind of bothered me a little bit. I guess it bothered you know. I just it bothered. Me. <laughs> yeah, it did. It, did. Okay. it did. Um, so the topic of you know getting in contact with my biological father became a big deal. Became a big deal, and okay. I guess when my son was probably about one, um, that finally happened, and uh, you know that was a big moment for me. Um, you know I. Uh, Cause I got to meet him and ask the questions that I had wanted to ask. And he was very honest and forthcoming with me. Um, so like what kind of questions? Like, well, do you remember like, what were the yeah. things that you really what, like? I wanted to know, well, first off family stuff, right. Like, histories and whatnot. And, and come to find out pretty much everybody on that side of the family died from some sort of addiction. No shit. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh, um, that's pretty yeah, you know, I had a an, a couple of uncles that died from cirrhosis of the liver. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it was mostly alcohol addiction. Okay. But um, yeah, but they, still they it they took them took their lives a lot. Way so early. his brothers and his uncle, mm-hmm. like I mean, we're talking like his. Yeah, side it, family, I mean, like, I'm this talking is like heavy in there. A lot of them. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. your dad himself. Mm-hmm. He 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 passed away uh, three years ago. So. But I know I'm just saying at the time, like you remember, you said that he had those struggles as well, correct? That the guy that was okay. I was told was my father had those struggles. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah, so, okay. Yeah, you know, it's it's I don't know it's kind it's of convoluted. <laughs> so is it in your bloodline? Is my point? It is, okay. It so, is, but yeah. also, so but your dad, your biological dad, didn't. Mm-hmm. No, he didn't. Okay, he didn't. that was my question. Yeah. So, but it was in the family was history. In the family, yeah, and then the person you thought was your dad, your mom told you, is the one with the drug problem. Yeah. And okay, yeah, he had got alcohol it. Problem. Yeah. Okay, or alcohol. Alcohol. Yeah. Right. Um. So a- after that, it kind of that's when it like really took off again because. Even though I got the answers, I, I really kind of wasn't satisfied. What were you looking for, you think? I don't know. I guess I was, at the time, I was, about, oh, how old was I, 30? You were resentful. 30, yeah, I was probably Like, where you been all my life? Yeah, I okay. was. Why'd you leave? I was. And then I found out I had a brother and a sister that I didn't know. Um, That's what I'm saying. And then, like, you know, I'm finding things out, like, you know. And, and, I, and I, I was a little resentful even though even though you would have never thought that and I, I didn't I never said it you know what I'm saying um and in hindsight I was because I feel like I got cheated right hands down I would think I would think so yeah like this could have been way better if it was okay I see yeah. that and in a lot of ways you had been cheated out of things especially McDonald's and <laughs> pudding pops <laughs> yeah but no um, like you what you did okay because this thing you build up in your head like this is what's gonna be when I meet my actual dad mm-hmm. okay and it wasn't. Yeah. And you had put all this stuff aside. But what was, the, like, that's the thing I don't understand. Like, what is the catalyst for you to start using more? Is it just because, I mean, did you I, just I, say that's when it did? Like, it, things it, will just, just magically start taking off. Well, I, I don't know if that was the catalyst. No, but you just, like, I you mean, remember timing-wise. Yeah, I mean, that I just know that that's when it really took off. at the Because it, it I, I guess I kind of just hit, like, an I don't care moment anymore. You're like, whatever, you know, whatever. my whole life's just BS. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm trying to be this dad. I got and this I, thing. You know, when I had, I started having a pity party, basically. Okay. And that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Know, I want um, us to identify what these things really are, because I will say often, like, it was when I was 26, I lost a job. And, you know, you can start breaking those things yeah, down like that. It yeah. was very stressful. I had back problems. Mm-hmm. I had this, I had that. Or I had just an effort moment, yeah. you know, after a period. Okay. So really, you just, as you said, had a pity party based off of life. Your life is not going the way you thought it was. Your family history is not the way that, you know, what you wanted it to be. Uh, And being a dad is not all it's cracked up to be, you know, because you have responsibilities. You got to work, you know, second shift and sometimes third shift. Mm -hmm. You're grinding. You're trying to make ends meet. It's not like, you know. And also, you know, I kind of felt like I was at like a dead end situation in my life. Um, That's fair, too. You know, my, my wife was making more money than me. Um, oh, so you're emasculated. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's and, true, and I'm I, sure. and, I, and honestly, I really felt like I, I started feeling resentment towards her, too. Yeah, because she makes more money than yeah. you. Yeah, and... Uh, she re- put, ever put it in your face? No, she, she didn't put it in my face, but... But you didn't I, I did. You, that's yeah. the thing. You're like, I'm the provider. I'm mm-hmm. supposed to take care of everybody, and yeah. yet... Okay. Yeah, and, you know, so I was feeling... It doesn't feel good. A little, a little less than at that time, and um, I started doing things and taking it out on her. Um you know, I had a lot of resentment towards her, so that led me to, you know, just behave differently. And, okay. And and, uh, and I know this is relatively, because this is your, she's your ex-wife now. Yes. Okay, so 
And some of that is still, because it's still fresh. It's still like, you know, 16 months. Like, this has been going on in your recovery for 16 months now. Oh, yeah. But you have, a, you know, a long relationship. You love this person. You want to develop, you're going to develop, a, you're developing in a family together. And you mm -hmm. have goals and dreams and aspirations and all these things. And, you know, unfortunately, like a lot of relationships, things go south. Yeah. And whose fault is it? Absolutely. I'm sure it's a, you can... It's 100% my fault. All right, there you go. Okay, so good. So, because I mean, even for me, I'm like, you know what, man? All things considered, I'd be dead if I was still with my ex. Thousand percent, I would not be here. Yeah, I mean that. And yeah. that's the best thing that ever happened to me. Plus, I got a pretty dope-ass girlfriend who's, you know. I've seen I've seen pictures. Yeah, she's cute, man. It's pretty cute. Yeah. You know, I mean, not, you know. It is what it is. You know I mean? I don't date I, ugly women. I'm know? not, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> she's Don't she's be not, jealous. Don't be jealous. She's definitely not ugly. Yeah. All right, but anyway, enough about me once again. She's, uh, and she's really cool. And she's not in recovery, and that's really good for really? me. Yeah, like All it's right. been one of those things. She just accepted me for who I was, and we've been together for almost four years. Awesome. And, um, you know, we don't live together. And there's, you know, like there's things about our life that I want to evolve and change and, and spend more time together. And, you know, it's, yeah. just, it's just how do you make that work? And that's a whole conversation. But anyway, so you said it's 100% your fault. Yeah. Why is it 100% your fault? Well, uh, you know, in my addiction, I would do things like talk to other women, mm -mm. you know, things like that. When you say talk to other women, were you sleeping with other women? No, I was not sleeping with other women. So you were having an emotional affair with other women? Yeah. And you were, so you, hold on, let me make sure I understand this, because men, we're so crazy sometimes, right? You were, resented your wife, you know what I mean? Because she made more money than you, and that probably other reasons, mm -hmm. and yet you're going to be like, well, you know, I'm going to talk to another woman, um who is doesn't quite meet like the level that my wife is in terms of her own things. Maybe I can feel better about myself because, you know. Yeah, a lot. A lot of it was um, for self gratification. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Just like I still got it. Mm -hmm. type yeah, thing. that that and you know, a as my addiction grew, the connection with my wife, like, yeah, got because you had a relationship with dope and not her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and that's a fair. Is that fair to say? It is. It is. Okay. And and. So, but you always but, had it. That's my point. Yes, yeah. is that you always had this relationship with dope. Yeah. Even when you were married, it's just now because it's uh, you know it, it just it grows. Yeah, it's it absolutely progressive, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. now it gets to the point where it's taking center stage in your relationship and it's in impacting your relationship with her. Yeah, and and but you know in my addict's mind, it was her fault. Right. Uh, it was her fault. She's not paying attention to me. She's not saying the things that I want to hear, and these other women were. Exactly. Yeah. So, and these other women didn't know you though. They, they, they knew, did not. Did they know you do cocaine? Some of them did. Yeah. There you go. Right. So you're like, I can be my true self around yeah. you, and all mm -hmm. this other bullshit. Yeah. And, and a lot, a lot of the connections came through through uh, cocaine. There you go. That's yeah. so it's all bad, right? So, all yeah. good, but all bad at the same time. All <laughs> exactly. right. And that can only go so far bef bef before you are now fighting with your wife. Yeah. Um, we we were fighting, but it was kind of like a silent thing. It was just like I was I was isolated a lot. You know, I would spend a lot of time down in the basement in the man cave. Okay, and uh, that was pretty much it. She would make comments all the time, like uh, you know, she would text me. Yeah, <laughs> she would be, like, upstairs, oh, she upstairs, be downstairs, right. and she would text me like, "Hi, roommate." You know, call me roommate and things like that because. We just weren't spending time together. I did the same. I was like that one with my wife, too. Mm -hmm. Like, she would text me from the bed. She'd be in the bedroom. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, you know, whatever I want. You know, that type yeah. of thing. Like, and you don't realize what you're doing is impacting that person yeah. severely, mm -hmm. too. You said yeah. she would call you guys roommates. And yeah. you pretty much were. Yeah, pretty much. So you would just isolate in the basement. How long? Okay. 
So this, you guys were together for how long entirely? From 99 till 20, uh, 20 years. So from 99 to 2020. Okay. So about, yeah, about 20 years. That's yeah. a long time to be with somebody. Yeah. It's a long time to have a drug problem. It's it a is. long time to, I mean, your whole life is intertwined. You know, you have kids, you have, you know, like, as mm -hmm. I said, so, so let's just kind of fast forward, right? Okay. So you, we can understand that it puts a strain on your relationship. You started seeking, you know, the attention outside of that, never got into sexual relationships, no. but using relationships, probably do cocaine with some girls oh, or whatever, yeah. Oh, yeah. party, yeah. you know what I mean? Talk shit. Like, you know, this is, you have a totally other life. You're mm -hmm. like literally leading a double life, uh, right? That, that's exactly what it was. And when you would get home, you resented her so much. Like you would spend more time. And plus your drug use took off. So you're yeah. isolating in the basement. What, doing mm -hmm. cocaine in the basement, yeah. I guess. And it's impacting your kids though too, I would assume. It is because uh, it's just less time with them. And, and I mean, I, 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 at, to, at the time, I was saying, "Oh, I'm I'm a good dad because I'm at home. I come home every night. Yeah, I see my kids spending, every day, right. you know." And there were there were things, moments where like I would be there, but I was never really there, you know. Like right. I was there, Until but mentally, day. I'm. And that's all. Head. Like I mean, it's yeah. important for me. Like my kids are here right now, right? Mm -hmm. They're all upstairs in the like we're in the house together. Mm -hmm. It's an important part, but it's also what about quality time? Like, what did yeah. I, you know, like. Uh, after we're done, am I going to go and hang out with my daughter for a bit? Are we going to watch mm -hmm. something? Are we going to make dinner? You know, whatever those things look like. And that's where we get into yeah. what drugs steal from us, right? Yeah. Drugs stole that from your children, stole it from you. They did. And stole it from them, okay? And now you're to the point in your life where you're like, I'll be damned if I let it steal any more time. Oh, okay? no. Because no. this drug has taken a lot away a lot from you. It took a family away from yeah. you. It took your childhood from you in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. you know, your opportunity, you know, your, your ability to be a professional ball player. Like, this is the reality of this thing. What did it give you? It gave you something in the moment and the confidence and a coping skill. Mm -hmm. At, for a, a short time, for a short time. You know, when you're, when you're using cocaine or especially when you're using crack, like, you know, it has no legs. Like, so, no. so, you know, you, 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 you smoke just crack you and you're high for 15 minutes. And you want it more. And that's you, always something. Like, what does cocaine more? feel like? It makes me feel like I want to do more cocaine. Yeah, that, that's all it does, you know. That's and, the weirdest drug <laughs> in the world, man. <laughs> and that, that's why it's, it gets so expensive because, you know, you're going and never buying ends. cocaine nine or ten times a day. Oh, I'm just going to do you 20 know? more dollars. Yeah. Like seven you know, I, times. I would wake up in the morning and, like, plan, plan out, out my coke use. You know, like, like all right, so. I would wake up and be like, I'm I'm only gonna do a gram today. Like that's it. You know, I'm, I'm not doing anymore. And I'd be smoke a gram before ten o'clock. Exactly. And like whatever, <laughs> I'll just do less this afternoon. Yeah, exactly. Or or you know, I, I was I was getting high at work. You know, it was it was crazy. It was just crazy. And what were you doing? I was like, an STNA. And I remember telling like this is wild, right? So as yeah. an STNA, where did you work? I worked at a couple of nursing homes. What's uh, it like being in a nursing home on cocaine? Most of them were sleeping though during yeah, the day. Right? Yeah, whenever like, I, I work night shifts. So that's what I'm most saying. You're just going to make sure they're I, still breathing. Yeah. All you got to do is just go in and check on them, make sure man, they're still thank, breathing. Thank God you weren't doing pain pills and make stuff sure at the time. Because oh, man. It, it would be. It would be, it'd be, on, it would be the wrong guy to send us. When I uh, went to adapt the first time, because we'll get there, because this <laughs> is, we're getting close to yeah. where things change, is that I thought I had this conviction, and it's something that was still true today, like because it was true back then, is I knew I needed to do something in service of other people. Mm hmm. And I thought that was to work with the uh, handicapped, like children uh -huh. with autism and like is a... I did that for a while. Which is insanely tough for someone like myself who is an empath. Like, and I don't even like using that word, but like I wear other people's shit really bad. Yeah. And it's like you make all this progress and then it's not like it was not a good job for me, especially early recovery because... Uh -huh. 
I mean, it's it's kind of it's traumatic at times, yeah. right? And restraints and all these things. And these are kids, and mm-hmm. you know, just bad stuff. Um, but anyway, like thankfully, so you worked in the middle of the night yeah. in a retirement community yeah. as an STNA um, on cocaine. On cocaine, love it. That's pretty. I mean, it's kind of funny. It well, I I, was, I mean, it's terrible, but <laughs> it's terrible. Like I would leave, you know, leave on my breaks and go buy dope and come, come back. back. Smoke and dope. no one was ever the wiser for no, a while. I was smoking in the building. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Dude, I used to smoke crack in like our house, like just blow it. In, you know, like one time my dad came over. How dumb am I, right? Uh-huh. Like, like my dad doesn't know what crack smells like, or like yeah. he's used to freebase or something. Uh-huh. And, I, and my dad's looking for me, and I'm like out the back, of my, and I'm smoking crack. And he walks in, and he's like, "Hey, son," and I was like, <sighs> "I was like, hey, he was hey. Like, what are you doing?" I was like, "Smoking." So he's like, "That is not a cigarette, bro." I was yeah. like, he just kind of threw up. Like I, I was never like so mortified. Like I don't want my parents to see me smoking crack out of my back. Yeah, but that's yeah. the insanity. So, how did you get in? You ultimately your recovery is because you got in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's just call that for what you've you've never been really in trouble in your life. I had never been in trouble in my life. What happened? Like because you only could like you would have continued down this path, truly, had and you tried heard. to even after the fact. But we'll yeah. just like. You were going to just continue to be an isolating guy at home who's, you know, mm-hmm. doing cocaine and I mean, probably would have took him. You know, I had come to the uh, realization that this is what I was going to do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what you would have continued to do it. If you can yeah. make it work and it worked, mm-hmm. what is there a reason to change? But now you're being forced to because what happened? Well, I got arrested. Um, How did you get arrested? <laughs> the funny thing, uh, I, I, it was. Because you had a routine, I'm guessing. It was pretty consistent when you were yeah, doing it. You made um, it last for. 20 years of his 32 years of his life let's see at the time i got arrested uh okay my wife and i had been married 10 years okay and uh right before this is when the other women came out that was the first time she had caught me she caught you yeah oh yeah, i didn't she, know that she, well she caught me via text messages you know what i'm saying because you're an idiot yeah i mean you should be doing it i didn't lock my phone i shouldn't have been doing it but you know but still i get that you're like man just asking to be caught right yeah pretty much you know and i you know um so yeah she had caught me the first time and you know we uh took a trip to the bahamas to fix your relationship to fix my relationship but rekindle the passion yeah yeah but you know at this time i was such an addict that I was in the Bahamas for a week. All I could think about was getting high. I'm sure. And yeah. you couldn't get high. I couldn't. Oh, to... oh, I found cocaine in the Bahamas. Well, I mean, it is. Yeah, that was crazy. I, I, you know, we're at the Bahamas and we're at this uh, resort bonfire. Yeah, we were at the resort, but yeah. they had like a bonfire there. And I guess there was a local drug dealer. who. How was much like, did it cost you? Do you remember? It didn't it? cost me anything because what, what happened was he only had like testers at the time. Oh. So he gave me a little tester at the thing. And, um. You know, we he obviously he didn't ride there with us. Right. You know, we we were on the shuttle from the resort, and you know, so I did the little tester, and that was enough to kind of just knock the edge off. You know, for the next couple of days. So Bro, I, I've gone places even, and done like you know. But the only reason why I didn't buy is because I couldn't get away. Gotcha. I you would have. I would. But have. you were able to get at least a. Yeah, a but line I but I had I had enough. Uh-huh. You know, what I'm saying it was a couple lines that I did there, and that was enough to kind of get me through the week. <laughs> so. 
So even in your, uh, you know, your this excursion to repair your relationship and get away from drugs and all the lifestyle, I you still found, still found it, drugs. I'll tell you away. Where there's a will, there's a way. It is. No matter where you go, yeah. universally we can find things. Unless it's Orlando, Florida. This from personal experience. <laughs> uh-huh. Probably now. Like if I really, you know. Yeah. But because uh, I remember, I'll tell him I'm, I got a show coming out tomorrow that I, another guy and we both mm-hmm. have something in common is that we both. Uh, went through withdrawals while in Disney World. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Which is a nightmare. Yeah. I, did, I was doing a bunch of heroin at the time and then ran out. And like, oh, what am man. I going to do? So I went to the streets of Orlando trying to find it. And oh, it was wow. a nightmare. So anyway, and I could find cocaine, but I was like, I don't want to be dope sick faster. Okay. Yeah. like that's, <laughs> So anyway, all right. So you were trying to rekindle your relationship 10 years into it, mm-hmm. your marriage, 10 years yeah. into the marriage. 10 years into the marriage. Yeah. Okay. So that would have been like four years ago, five years ago. Sorry, five yeah, years. Yeah. This is uh, 2016. Is 16, yeah. Okay. You get back. You get back. And uh, we've probably been back about a week. And uh, I was working day shift at the time at a nursing home. And I got off from work. My dope boy lived right around the corner from my job. All right. So it be more perfect. It, right? it, was, it was beautiful. Bam, on the way, bam. Yeah, bam. so we leave. I leave work. I stop there. And I, you know, get a, get, you know, cop a little dope, uh, about a half a gram. Okay. And, you know, I'm on my way home. And, you know, I couldn't wait. I could right. not wait. So I'm gonna. I have my. I had my uh, my dipper with me. Right. And I had a bag. And I'm trying to, you know, load up the pipe. And I dropped the bag on the floor. So I don't know why I did this, but I pulled over on the side of the highway. I remember I was on the exit of uh, Cross County, okay. the, the Ronald Reagan exit, going towards Colerain. I pull over on that exit. That's a terrible place to pull over. <laughs> you were on Colerain Avenue? Well, no, I wasn't on Colerain. I was on the exit to get on the, the Ronald Even Reagan. Even worse. Yeah, You're yeah. on the exit. So, so I pulled over, and I noticed that some of the dope had fallen out of the bag. So I'm looking on the floor for the for the, for the the drugs. Yeah. And, yeah, and the cocaine sitting right there. Well, while I'm looking, of course, I'm not paying attention to what's pulling up behind me, the state trooper that pulled up behind me. and. He comes up, taps on the window, and I'm like, "Hey!" Trying to cover the, trying to cover the bag up. He's like, "Don't worry about it. I already saw it." He's right. like, you know, and he's like, "Don't move." <laughs> and that that was it. I got it's I got, crazy. Got, to caught my first felony. Okay, because <laughs> all of the things, all the million times you get away, yeah. you're not even or you not even have an issue. All it takes is once. Yep. And it is an important thing for anybody watching or listening to understand. Like, it's all good until it isn't. Yeah. And when all it takes is one time, like, you know, they say what well, the average person commits like six felonies a day or whatever that, that logic is like, you know, yeah. doing this, doing that. Well, cocaine, buying cocaine use is a felony. Okay. Yeah. You know, and, and doing it and then selling it and all, whatever that is, like you're committing felonies for 30 years of your life, yeah, yeah. you know, and then all it takes is one time is one doing time? something stupid because you became comfortable. This is your life. And yeah. so you got to go first time you're arrested mm-hmm. with a, in a felony too. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Never been in trouble. Never. I remember this. I remember meeting you. Okay, yeah. This is why I'm so excited to have you here today because, and I'll let you tell in your own words, but if just from my perspective, we'll, get, we'll, we'll do something here in a second. So you get arrested. You go down to, tell me about your first experience going to Hamilton, Hamilton <laughs> County Justice Center. It was terrible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well... You know, I, wait. Were you on your way to work or way home? I was on my way home. Oh, so and you're not showing up, and you got to call your wife. Oh, my phone is ringing off the hook. Yeah, you know, and uh, I just knew I was getting divorced at that point. Yeah, uh, you like, knew it. Like you're like, yeah. cause, like I can't hide this. Yeah, there's no way. So uh, I get there, you know, and 
like I said, it's the first time I've ever been in jail. First off, they had like the handcuffs were like the little ones. So yeah, like they had my my shoulder was killing me. Like I'm like, you know, they didn't have like the they didn't give the extra handcuff to use for the extended. They should, so, right? Like, my, yeah. So you're like to oh man. So I, and and I'm, I'm inside this little bitty police car. You know, Every so car's like, little to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the police car was like extra small. It's like a smart car. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so um yeah, and I'm like talking to the state trooper, like, you know, just trying to find some kind of way to get out of this, you know. Right, like, like, man, look. Like, Come yeah. on, man, please, you know. My phone's ringing. I'm like, man, it's my wife. You think I could, you know, answer the phone? Can you release, the, let, let, let me do that? He's like, nope. So, anyway, finally, I get to, we get to the Just Center, and, uh, you know, I'm sitting in there just looking around at all these people, and I'm thinking in my head, like, what? And the hell am I doing here? Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't like, need to be here. I ain't this like ain't them. me. Like, I ain't like right. them. These guys are messed up. Messed like, up. Like, like, I have a job. Like, you know, I, I have a wife. Work. I have a car. Exactly. Exactly. So, so when I go, a little even then, here, even man. then, I was like, you know, I in my mind, I wasn't. Yeah, you have no idea what you're in store for because yeah. you've never been in trouble, yeah. and you didn't know if it was just going to be an in and out process. Like, what do you mean I'm coming down to just you know the jail, yeah. and are they going to you know like. Probably asking questions and trying mm-hmm. to figure out. Yeah, so like, you know they get comfortable. Yeah, they do the whole. We go through the whole process, the fingerprinting and everything. And uh, I get that first phone call, and so I'm like, well, I didn't want to make it at first, but you know, so I called my wife and I told her where I was at, and she was like, "What happened?" Well, I don't want to get into it. I don't know. I straight lied. Right. <laughs> I told a flat out lie. Well, I was driving and uh, I had given somebody a ride, and I told her I'd given somebody a ride, and. They had left it in the car and didn't know, and I didn't know it. Like oh, it was yeah. on the side of the seat. Told know. that lie before. Yeah, yeah. So um, that that's what I went with. And so she know, was mad, but not super mad. She yeah, like you're pounding it off on yeah. somebody else. Yeah, because I put it off on somebody else. So. Right. But she was still mad at me. She was like, "See, I told you not to be having people in your car." Yeah. You know, oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So you know, um, but yeah, that's what I told her. And so you know, I got in. By the time I got back to the to the uh, pod, though. Um, I pretty much was let out because they let, they gave me an OR bond. Yeah, correct. Because so you've never been in trouble before. Hours. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that opened up because your first time drug offense in Hamilton County, yep. felony, mm-hmm. to put you in um, drug. Well, Judge Burks at the time court uh, drug court, drug court for, yep. with the men's adapt program and setting it up to where you can get this felony off your record is the goal. Okay, That's so really, it's a beautiful thing. Drug court here in, in Cincinnati. Gives people the opportunity, first-time offenders, to remove that from the record so that they can lead, lead productive lives. However, it's not like there's no hoops. There's a ton of hoops to jump through, oh, and man. it uproots your entire life, as it's supposed to, okay, in some ways. Not every way, though, I agree with it, but court's a blunt object, you know, blunt instrument. They're, you know... Like, it's a lot better to go to, like, drug treatment uh, voluntarily than it is to get arrested and forced to go somewhere. So you yeah. get you get essentially forced into this program. Pretty much. Trying to keep a lie going in some yeah. ways. Yeah. You know, like, hey, I have to take this charge. Like, I'm, but I'm going to get rid of this charge and everything yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't me. Yeah. It was in my car. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they don't trust me because, you know, or they don't believe me because I'm a big black dude. You know, whatever yeah. it is. I'm sure I would, if I, I mean, this is, I'm just going off of what I would be saying. Like, you know, they target me, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It's not mine. Yeah. And yeah, it, it never was mine. I, I never took the blame for it. Let me ask you a question. First time I met you, you were in men's inpatient adapt. You mm-hmm. got sent there for a two week assessment. Right? I, did. I did. Okay. Why did you get sent there? Because you were continuing to use, or they were just like, yeah. Um, when I first when I first went in front of uh, Judge Burke, um, I was put on uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday drops. Oh, okay. So um, I did that probably for three months maybe yeah no messing up oh messing up every time oh yeah so she <laughs> so, yeah 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 um so 
And, and But at the time, you know, they didn't do the therapeutic incarceration. So right. I, I would just go to court, and then they would be like, yeah, you dropped dirty all three times or whatever, six times or however many times it was in between I went to court. And, you know, so I, I didn't have to go to jail or anything. So I'd never. Because you're in technically pre-treatment. Yeah, that's, that's what, what it was. That's what they call it. Because yeah. they're still doing assessments. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the other thing is like for, and people die in these times, by the way. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. or historically were because you have people with very high risk, you know, using heroin and all these other things. And because they're in pre-treatment mm-hmm. and they just have like, they're trying to get a baseline for what is going to happen yeah. or, until or they have space opens up or whatever. And then people end up overdosing and dying. Yeah. Okay. But here you're basically getting enough rope to hang yourself. Pretty right, much, yeah, and it gets to the point where because in TI is a therapeutic incarceration, what they would typically do in, in, in Cincinnati is lock you up for a night, um, so that you can think about your behaviors yeah. and recognize this is not where you should be. But that's know. after you're already in the program, yeah, not during not before. pre-treatment. That's what I mean. Yeah, like so, they, but yeah. essentially, it gets to the point where you're you're getting into the program. Yeah, exactly. So you screwing up real fast. Oh man, uh, every time. I, I don't think I, I, I don't think I had one clean drop during pre-treatment. Okay. Um, That's the thing. You just like, what did you think you're never going to get in trouble or something? I, I didn't. I, you know, I, this is my first time dealing with it, so I, right. I, I didn't know. And plus, I didn't really care. Um, okay. Honestly, um, I I felt like okay, I'll go do these Monday, Wednesday, Friday drops, and they'll they'll it's probation, yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, well, and, and also, um, what's the lawyer's name? Uh, I mean, it's neither here nor there. They have a handful of them. not not Bachman, but the guy lawyer, the male lawyer. Uh, anyway, he had told me that. You know, you might not even get indicted because it's such a small amount. So yeah, I was so. banking on that. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, and he still hadn't come back from the grand jury. Yeah, yeah. I was well. I was banking on that, and then then it came back that I was indicted, and uh, so yeah. But then that's when I really started to care. But by that time, it was all they were late. already like, we're okay. gonna send you to uh, that. And that's you know? my point. Okay, so this is when I meet you, right? I mm-hmm. meet you, and what happens is like someone like me got sent right from jail to men's inpatient mm-hmm. adapt. Because yeah. there's no doubt that I need to be there, right? Yeah. You, first-time offense, all these other things, they're trying to gauge what level of, of, of requirements you're going to start out at. They gave you an opportunity to be outpatient. You they just continued I, to use. Uh-huh. So they send you for what's called a two-week assessment, okay? And while you're there, you have to be in men's inpatient court-ordered program. Yeah. And, uh, t- you know, go to groups every day and eat the food and wake up a certain time. Like, it's changing. You're a whole, I will never forget you walking in there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's lost. <laughs> I was. No, you were. You're I like, was. And you were talking to me and he was like, telling me all sorts of things. Like, okay, well, yeah. we, well, you were there for two weeks. And it was actually a fairly profound two weeks. It was. For me. I mean, it was, it was for me, too. Um, for the two weeks. Yeah. No, yeah. I remember. I mean, I'm just saying from my point of view, because I already had, I think by the time you got there, I had already had a spiritual experience. I was already mm-hmm. committed to doing this. You yeah, know, you used to walk around with your hands in the air. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you had listen, the radio walking listen, around. Listen, I didn't care. Yeah. I was like, because I had a, there's something was changing in, mm-hmm. inside of me, but I had been to a lot of treatments. But yeah. I remember meeting you and thinking like, this guy, you know, like there's parallels. Like, and mm-hmm. I would tell you like, man, like, look, if this is something you like, our, people will forgive you. You just got to, you know, this is something you got to change real quick and, yeah. you know, or whatever that is. And, uh, but you did the two weeks there and then they let you out. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And I said, plus, I said, like, it's rare. Honestly, I don't know. Judge Burke doesn't keep black guys in the program and, and men patient. <laughs> and she's a black lady. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, she's doing you a solid. Cool. You'll probably get out in two weeks. She's like, I don't know, man. I was like, no, she's going to let you go. Yeah. I'm telling you, you've well, never been in trouble before. I think there were other underlining factors they got. I know. I'm just being silly. And, uh, but um, but uh, it is, I, I can't help but think. 
you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Historically I, black uh, <laughs> universities one, aside. One, one would probably say that. <laughs> I know. know. I mean, I'm done. There's people that get. on the same team, right? Well, yeah, on the same team. Or like, I think it was like people that are at work in the medical field is another thing too. And mm-hmm. look, it's obviously you didn't hit. Because you had a solid life, you've never been in trouble. That's why yeah. I'm just yeah, people, like, yeah. I, I, I mean, was like, yeah. I had a wife, kids, um, I, I had a job, and, and she wanted to scare you. It was really what she wanted to do. Yeah. But she did make an example of you really quick. I think you remember you said, "Man, I went to court." She went messing around. She no. said, "You know, Mario, Mr. Hall, like, you know, yeah. I'm letting you out today, but don't mess up." Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what she said. Yeah, she said, "I'm letting you out," and she was not kidding. She she was. Pretty serious. And we ended up, actually, by the time I got out, you mm-hmm. were still doing your thing. You were yeah. scared. You were running on fear alone. Yeah. yeah. How long did that fear of getting in trouble last you? I think I made it to, how was it, like phase two of a outpatient? Outpatient. Yeah, yeah you were going to, you would have graduated in the next to following graduation. Well, you yeah, well, I, actually, I, I had I, I had a few dirty drops. I, I did a few uh, TIs in, in outpatient. Um the then first one, though, over and... the first one I did was when we, you and I were in a uh, phase two together. Okay, I, yeah, I, I was it phase two. Do we do phase two together? Yeah, I did. We did two day a weeks. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, that it was starts the, at four days a week, then two, then one day a week. Yeah, so that was the first time. Um, but shortly after that, it just became like pretty regular. I, I, I think I, I did seven TIs. Jeez. Yeah, in seven okay. or eight ILP. All right. So for people, like, like I remember, sometimes people listen, they don't even know what that means. Yeah, but therapeutic did, incarceration. Right. You end up yeah. going to jail seven times in this program mm-hmm. to think about your behaviors to hopefully encourage you. Because she's still not sending you to inpatient. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know. Judge Burke, she's a She treats everybody woman. different. I absolutely she saved my life. Yeah. She, she, I, and, and honestly, she saved mine. I'm not even. A thousand percent. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be real. Um, you know, I, I, she saw something in me, I think, mm-hmm. that, I, I mean, I, that's that all I can really yourself. say that I couldn't see it myself. Yeah. And, and I think she was giving me the opportunity to, to see it. And, um, sitting but I, you down for a moment to sit with yourself and realize, mm-hmm. and I, I believe I know this cause she said it before is like, he gives you a chance to only be with yourself and realize, is this what I want for my life yeah. to be not distracted? You're sitting in a room mm-hmm. with a toilet and maybe a, a bunkie. Yeah. But like closed off from the world, closed off from your family yeah. and your talents and all of those things. And no mirror in your room to see your own reflection. No, you have a little piece of metal. Yeah, wall. that's not it, right. So yeah. like, and you're stuck with your own thoughts. Yeah. Should, should, for most people, have a catalyst to help you change in some way. Like, I, you know, scary enough. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. You still have a drug problem that's yeah. not really being addressed. It, it wasn't being. And, I, and, I, and honestly, I wasn't ready. Um, cause I wasn't, there you looking. Go. I wasn't, she saw me. something, but I wasn't looking for what she saw. And so I did those seven, um, TIs and eventually it was just like, you know, this isn't working. I'm just going to take my, my yeah, felony. felony. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I did. I took my felony and went on ahead and, uh, like, went, I can't do this, your honor. Yeah. And she didn't, did she not wanted, want to do that. She'd be like, I'll give you, she'll keep continuing she, it. She yeah. actually locked me up. For three days mm-hmm. to say, are you sure you want? Yeah, to do this? are you and sure you want to do this? Why don't you go to jail this weekend? <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> and figure it out. You know, in my mind, I'm like, how's me going to jail gonna gonna make me <laughs> change my mind? But it, you she, know, there's a method to her madness. It, it, it is a lot of times people are like, I'm good, man. I'm yeah. Good. So, but yeah, she she actually sent me to uh, to the justice center for three days, and I sat in there and thought about it, and it was just like, yeah, I'm still gonna. Yeah, take, I was like, I don't want to do this. 
And it, but in that three days, I did kind of have a moment of like, all right, I'm going to take this felony, but because I, I, I just was tired of the whole IOP thing. You know? yeah, you're tired of the requirements that yeah. they're putting on you. Yeah. You don't really want to. It was a lot using. of work. It was a lot That's of work. the truth because yeah. you don't want to quit using. I and you're not. tired of them telling you mm-hmm. what you need to, you can and cannot do. Yeah. And I'm guessing your <laughs> home life wasn't getting any better. No, no, it wasn't. And that's another contributing factor to drug addiction is that you're still you're experiencing a lot of stuff and your life's being torn apart and. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, why can't it even be like it was, you know, bef- you know, yeah. a year ago? Yeah, and I thought, I, I honestly thought that me taking my fel- felony would mean that I would just go and do my time. Oh, and, gotcha, and get be, it behind you and then, like, start over. Off. Yeah. And, and this is the thing, because you had never been to treatment, because you had never been to Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics, you know, like, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, you, someone telling you you have a drug problem and you need to be in recovery and sober and a- or absent or whatever did not compute. No, it just and this doesn't compete bad. with a lot of people. Most people do not get better their first time going to treatment. So, super rare. Guy, My last episode that I released, mm-hmm. first time's a charm, dude went to treatment once. He's still been sober. I was like, damn, bro, wow. good for you. Like, I, that's I highly like unusual. That. Anybody that I've ever met in treatment's always like, oh, I've been to nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so. I had 11. Yeah. Lucky number 11. But this is, so let's just get it to where, like, you take your felony, yeah. okay? Now you, like, in the state of Ohio, you have a drug possession felony. Yeah. That, that is I what do. it is. Mm-hmm. But shortly, how soon, because you ended up going somewhere. What is the catalyst between taking your felony to you going to City Gospel Mission. Uh, what is the time frame for that? Uh, two years. So you did your you left well, your life for two years. Three, three, three. Okay, okay. so so. Yeah, two and a half years. Okay, each. what were yeah. you doing in that time? Getting high. Okay, were you um, with your wife still? Uh, yeah, for a period. Um. Uh. Okay, so I took my felony. I was on probation. I had the worst probation officer in the building. I had Jennifer shot. Okay. Yeah, she was. She's racist. <laughs> no, she's she's not. She's I a great woman. I, I really think that she cares. You know, if if you're listening to this, uh, Miss Shot, you, you saved my life. Thank you, you know, no, for being so good. so being for being so tough. Um, because I I remember I violated the first time I violated. I had a dirty drop, and she was like, "Nope, send them sixteen, seventeen. You know, and thank God for lovely Judge Berg. She was like, "Nope, no. not going to do that." You know, and then I I think I I dropped dirty one other time after that, and. Uh, she was like 2020 <laughs> or not 2020, but, uh, 16, 17. 16, 17 or river city, river oh, yeah. city. She wanted to send me to river city. So, um, I was like, uh, and judge Burke was like, Nope. And, but mind you the whole time I'm paying fees. So yeah. like, I was making sure that I paid my fees. Cause I, something told me that I knew you that if I paid it. that money that, you know, yeah, it, it changes a lot it, of things. Yeah. So I paid mine off real fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, uh, actually my, I think, no, uh, my bad, my aunt helped me pay, get it. Cause I had existing plus other ones mm-hmm. and my aunt helped me get it over the finish line, which is shout out to my amazing aunt Peggy. Uh, shout out to aunt Peggy. Yeah, for yeah. real. No, she helped me out tremendously because I was trying to do the right thing. And I, I was like, I can't, like, I'm going to school and work, like, all this yeah. stuff. I just, you know. We all have those people. Yes. And thank, thank God we, some, you know, we do. Um, but the the one thing that kind of got me straight through that was um, the last time that I dropped dirty, Judge Burke, I, I came to court late. Uh-huh. You know, I was feeling myself. I was like, oh, I can I go bet. there anytime. Yeah, whatever. I've been, I've been in this court so many times. She and, knows who I am. She yeah, likes exactly. me. I told you and she, she looked at me, and she you could just tell on her face that she was just going to She's like, nope. Stroke me. And that's exactly what she did. She locked me up for five days. And yeah. After that, I was like, okay, I don't want to do this no more. I'm just going to go ahead and pay these fees and be clean for a while. And I did, and um, I ended up getting my probation terminated. Um, and so that was in March. Thing, 
March three years ago. Okay, <laughs> this is the thing that's so curious to me, right? Is that you went in there, you were given a program, <laughs> you don't want to do it, let me get my felony, let me take my time. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. No, it doesn't. You're still in her courtroom. Uh-huh. You never leave the courtroom. Now you have a felony, and you still got to see the same person. The same person. I mean, it's like, <laughs> and it's like, I thought this was going to be better. No, I'm still like involved in this. I am not sending you to jail. I'm set. I believe in treatment. Yeah. You just the difference is you have a felony now, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And trust me, for someone like myself, like I was just grateful to be even able to give a program mm -hmm. my fifth felony into it, right? Yeah. And it was because of her. She said, "Mr. Lane, I can tell you don't have any hope, but I have hope for you. Are you willing to give treatment another chance?" I was like, "Or recovery another chance?" Absolutely. Yeah. I'm built for jail anyway. So, <laughs> but so that time after time after time, three you were on papers for three years, well, or no, I, two and I, a half I, years. I, I was on paper for about uh, a year. So three. Oh, you're I, right. they, okay. I got they let, they terminated after a year. I have fines paid and everything, so I was on paper for a year, and uh, and I remember the day that I got terminated. I, I said, so I don't have to come back here anymore. And she's like, no, you're done. I was like, talking to the lawyer, and I said, no, I'm all the way done. Yeah, you're done. I went straight to Doughboy House. A hundred percent. Sure you did. There. So you continue to use for. Oh man, and that and that it really really was like kind of it was kind of like balls to the wall then. You know, it's progressive. Yeah. So um, you're you would say your addiction took off more in the time after all of this other shit has gone on in your life. Yeah. All of these this slap on the wrist, this time in jail, time mm -hmm. in treatment, time for people telling you you have a problem, Mario. Like yeah. you're gonna lose everything if you don't stop. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what was going through your head? Like I'm not the same as these other dope fiends. Exactly. Me? I'll be honest. Yeah, really, like, it was mean? that. It was that. I'm like, I'm not the same. I go to work. I pay my bills. Right. I, you know. I remember I, we would have things like that. Yeah. And I mean, I can't tell you what you are. Yeah. I'm just kind of giving you my own experience. Mm -hmm. When you first met me, you're like, man, this man's got serious problems. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. That's fine. You were cool though. You were cool. Like, Try to be. You, you, and Adapt, you kind of came in and took me under your wing. You know. Um, you and you kind of kept me out of the riffraff for real because there was a lot of riffraff in there. Yeah, because you know, so. people aren't trying to get better. There, yeah, and I yeah, was, and I yeah. didn't want you know. And 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 that's the one thing I I really liked about you was that you were really serious about it. And you know, you had a couple haters in there. Oh, yeah. I I know I did, and, and uh, I didn't care. Yeah, exactly. And that that was that was kind of like big for me. Like, man, this guy, you know. He, he doesn't care what people say or think. No. Dude, I've like, been through too many times, and I already knew. I already knew what that that was because mm -hmm. I had experienced I was that. Yeah. That was just like, and it was pervasive. And I was like, the people don't get how much of a blessing it is that I get to be here. My life is destroyed. I have nothing left. My brother's dead, too. Mm -hmm. my, my relationship's falling apart. Like, I have no sense of self, but I have the opportunity to be a good dad and get it this time. And yeah. I'm going to fucking do it. Yeah. Like, that was my, like, conviction did not change that entire time mm -hmm. and still hasn't yeah you know. and and you know at that time even throughout the whole probation and, and all that i wasn't at that point yet. correct so um it's hard to be there like i can't i always tell people i can't take this and put it in there for you to see things through this these lenses yeah. here and my lens like my perception or my my perspective on life is through my experiences you haven't experienced enough pain yet is the reality exactly until you go out there after it's all said and done and you spend two years roughly mm -hmm. you know what i mean continue getting high balls to the wall yeah. shit gets really bad yeah. how bad does it get it, what is it, the worst part of that for you the worst part was the look on my wife's face on a daily basis. She just and, let you know. Okay. And, and and she was disgusted with you or what? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who and, is this man? Yeah. Okay. And um just I I couldn't look at my children. It just because I knew I knew that it was 
I, I could see it crumbling. I, I could see it. I knew it was going to happen. I knew. I, I, Why'd she let you stay? She didn't. I, 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 what do you think? Because you said I, years I, ago your honestly, relationship was over. I knew she knew wasn't. something. She knew something was going on, and I think. I think her love for me you outweighed know, your hate I, for yourself. I, yeah, it did. And but I, you know. I think with us, it just eventually became to where she just didn't, I didn't leave her much of a choice. You know? Um, I just find it, I mean, that's just I, crazy I, to me that I mean, you were able to stay she's there. A, I, I, you know, look, like, I, I was real blessed. I, she was, she's an awesome woman. Okay. Shout out to you, Andrea. You're, you're a wonderful woman. And, uh, and but yeah, I think that's why she hung in there. Cause she she hung she in there for a good she also knew a good you. while yeah and she and believed in you too and I, so and I think things. she did and but I just you know I, I didn't leave her much of a choice and it's also hard to just pack up and go you know I mean, imagine how difficult it was for her you are yeah. the dad of the ch- your children you guys have been together for a long time yeah. and this is all like it, it I mean people tend to want to put their head in the sand too they mm-hmm. don't want the confrontation in their own house and you're already roommates so it's like no real difference yeah. right yeah. but you said it got so bad that you didn't even wait what did you not even recognize yourself I didn't I didn't um, like how much were you using I, I was every day I'm talking I, I would get I got I started using net spin right so I could get paid two days earlier okay all right so yeah. for instance payday would be on Friday mm-hmm. I would get paid on Wednesday by Friday, I'm flat broke, like zero dollars for two weeks. For two weeks, and how would you? And I'm stealing, I'm stealing from my wife. I'm, okay, no, know, this is important. Yeah, like this she's is real. Sleeping, this she's, is... She would sleep with with her purse, like right next to her head. How fuck? I mean, like, yeah, bro, you didn't steal from your wife before all this stuff. No, went down. no, you supported your habit. Yeah. took money away from your family, but mm-hmm. now yeah. not only. I, you... I mean, yeah, I stole from them. I, I took money from my kids, man. Okay. Um, it, it 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 was real bad. I did. I took money right out of my daughter's piggy bank. <laughs> I did too. Yeah, you know what I mean? It was like, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, money on my daughter's piggy bank. You were taking with you to cop dope? Them? Yeah. No. no so it, you kind of kept them out of that. There was you? a time, there was one time where we were out as a family. Oh. And uh, you had to make a stop. Yeah. I had okay. to make a stop. That's, that, yeah. You could argue that, yeah, you were yeah. copping dope. But so still, I guess, like, yeah. I would tell my kids, like, count to 100. I did that to my daughter one time. Mm-hmm. Not good either. Yeah. But this is the thing. These are the serious things. These are the things people relate to drug addiction. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, all that other stuff. I mean, look, it's shitty, but it's when you, you it's like you lowered your standards and raised the bar at the same time and what you're willing to do. Stealing, mm-hmm. you know, lying, stealing from your kids. What else? Yeah. It's just. Stealing, from, I mean, just getting, selling things, selling things. I, I, I mean, Pawning I had, your stuff. Oh, yeah. I had so many. Um, what do we call those? Uh, payday loans? Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, you just maxed yeah, out your payday loans. Payday loans. You're and then your this, credit. this commercial came through where it was like, you know, something, call us number. It was a radio commercial. It was like, right. call us number and <laughs> you can get this this much money. I mean, I was just like doing it all. And that was just I, I did your payday head. loans. I think I did a payday loan. every. There was like a two-week period where I did a payday loan almost every day. And then you were just owing thousands of yeah, dollars. Yeah. Yeah, because you're like the interest rates is crazy, but this is to to, to support your habit that mm-hmm. is out of control. Yeah. So those are obvious like things. This thing has gotten bigger than it has ever been before. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what is the day where you said finally said enough is enough? Uh, August sixteenth. What happened that day? My wife came up to me and told me it wasn't working. August sixteenth, twenty twenty. 
So in the midst of the pandemic, you even were still using through that. Though. Oh yeah. And that day, that day, what was what, what happened that day? Like outside of that, I mean, because it, it was know. a normal day. It was four days after our anniversary, after our fifteenth anniversary. Yeah, but you were balls to the wall using all the yeah. time. What'd you expect? I, I mean, it just did you just assume I, we she's didn't never going to pull the plug on this? I, I, I she had to get all her ducks in a row. She watched you kill yourself for years yeah, these past yeah. two years. Um, to be honest with you. I don't know. I don't know if I if I thought that you didn't she would think leave to. I didn't think she would. I didn't think, I, and that's what I'm getting at. Like yeah. you didn't think you thought you were just going to be able. I thought I was just going to be able to keep living that life. You're kind of crazy. And, you know that, right? She wasn't. I, I'm totally crazy. Well, no, and it's not. I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying, like the thing, the the fact of the matter was, for two years, your addiction was worse than it's ever been. Yeah. Okay, and highly destructive and mm-hmm. dishonest, and yet your wife is allowing <laughs> yeah. you to quote unquote live there yeah. as a you know and taking care of you. Pretty much, yeah. You know what I mean, she's working. Probably, does she had to work more or anything, or what? You know, like no, she's, you know. I, I mean, she take care of all the bills. Yeah, yeah. It, it got to the point to where we had uh, separated the bank accounts. That's when I started using Netspin. We had separated the bank accounts, and uh, you know, I, she was like, "You just give me four hundred dollars." Yeah, a just a, and yeah, you're like, you whatever, know. and you do your thing. Like, uh, yeah. I'm so tired of your bullshit. Yeah, this is like, give me four hundred dollars, and so, then so and I and there were I couldn't even do that. Right, I'm sure. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'll, get, I'll pay you, you know, next week. I you just were a shell of a man. Like, how? Yeah. Like, I was, a, I was a real piece of shit. Same. Yeah. I know the feeling. To be honest. And it takes one to know one. So this is the this is the thing. When I met you, you had never experienced that. And I remember saying, it's not like I had, I um, I know everything, but I do know that people can only take so much from us before they're, they're tired of it, yeah. right? Yeah. And you experienced a lot really quick and things that I had experienced over the years and it got worse. But the day that your, your, your wife saying, look, I, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. yeah. So you, she said, you gotta go. No, uh, she didn't kick me out. Uh, she told me that. And so I kind of just got quiet, went down to my area for a minute. And, uh, yeah. Um, like that's when I came clean to her. I mean, that about knew. everything, right? Oh, I, mean, I would think she's not so. stupid, but but finally, first time you're actually being honest with her, you're like, look, I have a serious problem. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. And then she was like, well, you got to get go to rehab, and I begged and pleaded. I tried to get her to do separation because she had approached me with separation prior, prior to, to right. And I was like, I ain't leaving. Nah, yeah, what you talking? Right? No, we're not leaving. But now you don't have any any legs nah, to stand I have on. No legs to stand on. And you're like, well, yeah. maybe this will repair it. Yeah, you know, and, and that was. Do you think that was the reason you did it? That's initially that's the reason. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, like I think it's important to own these things. Like yeah. initially, mm-hmm. you were just like, oh, I mean, that's what she wants me to do, and you know, yeah. I don't have anywhere else to really turn right now. Yeah, and I and my mindset was, if I do this, then I can probably save my marriage. Okay, fine, fair. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you go to City Gospel Mission. Go to City Gospel Mission. How? Why is that the place that you chose to do? Or were you forced to change? To uh, go to city? I think because I don't was, know. Often people are like, I, "Yeah, I'm just going to go to see the gospel mission and make this long commitment." No, I honestly think it was God. Okay, um, fair. Then, and I think that's the same the thing in my life. That's the truth. Um, because I, I, I was set on going to Prospect House. Prospect House is amazing too. Yeah. God lives there as well. I went through Prospect, so I get it. Because mm-hmm. believe it or not, know? believe it or not, I was seeing an addictions counselor during this whole time. Uh, well, I had started seeing her. Right during the during the time of uh yeah yeah I know yeah. we can't cover all of it but I'm yeah, just trying to get the I, I don't really remember exactly when I started seeing her but I'd been seeing her probably for 
you know, you a little bit, a little there, bit, yeah. But they weren't taking people because of pandemic, I think, right? No, no, they were they were taking people at oh, Prospect House, okay. and um, they were like, yeah, when you come in for your interview, come in prepared to stay. And I was like, okay, cool. you know. So, but two days before I went in for my interview, I got a call from my father in law, and he was saying, you know, I, I know of a place. He knew the uh, the uh, vice president at. Um, City Gospel Mission. Okay. Uh, a lady by the name of Miss Lacrita Bowman. Okay. Uh, she runs um, the Exodus program, which is the program that I'm part of, and the women's program, which is called Having the Courage to Change. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he knew her. And so he got you in. He called her, yeah, got me in. Um, I filled out the application, and they called, and I did a phone interview, and I still was going to go to Prospect House. I was right. like, was I like, only called just because, I'm yeah, just trying to be nice but here. But I... Something said to go that go. That, that's where I need to go, and, like, and God told me that's where I need to go. And and this actually because I knew the Prospect House was a six month program, right? Six uh, to twelve month commitment, yeah. but usually it's a year. Yeah, yeah. They see, just how they, they, but I, in my I was going six months. Oh, then, I know. I did. I remember <laughs> going there too, and they're like, no, yeah, know. yeah. And uh, City Gospel was like a nine month, nine to twelve is what they said. I was like, well, all right, I can do it in nine months. You know, I was yeah. like, well, then go there, and then, you know, so. I went there, and and the rest is and that's where I've been at. Okay, but see, I think this because we're we're towards you're in recovery. Mm-hmm. Okay, and we've we've talked long, but typically they don't run like this. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm glad you're able to get all these things out and really see that for what it is. And it's been yeah. a while since I've done one of these too. Yeah. This is my 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 question. Okay, when you got there, you feel as if God led you to go to City Gospel Mission, which is a faith centered rehabilitation yeah. here yeah, in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you learned about yourself after getting there? What was it? Was there, what, did you have a spiritual awakening in like a moment or like gradual or what? It, it was because gradual. No one, okay. Um, there were signs when I first got there. Um, cause the one thing about city gospel mission is, uh, it's, it's, it's faith-based. It's, Correct. And the, and the thing that they make sure that you know is the Bible. Okay. Uh, you do a lot of a lot of Bible studies. Did you know a lot of the Bible before then? I did not. Okay. Um, I knew ab- about Jesus, and I had gone to church. Okay. Um, but I never took it seriously. It never was something that was like you know. I grew up going to church, but it just but it like, wasn't it re- didn't resonate, especially being. I you know, honestly, I I believe it was in Easter God. for me that I figured out like <laughs> the importance of dying on the cross. It's yeah, like, oh, yeah. Shit. You know, I always believed in God, and I always believed in you know in. The resurrection and, and all, all that. All those things that you're but learning. In my thing was is like God doesn't love me. Okay. You know, because like my life's been so messed up, and how could He possibly love me? Why would He put me through all this stuff? If and He I, did, right? Yeah, and that's where I was at with it. Um, but when I got there, it just I, I can't even really explain it. Um, it's like a dimmer switch, kind of like just more, the kind of like, brighter. Yeah, yeah. And you're oh. surrounded by people that are doing similar things. Yeah, and you're trying to get and better. Guys who have been there for a while. Someone yeah. take you under and their wing. Volunteers would come in, and I just started meeting different people, and they just started introducing me to. to and you read your Bible, and yeah. So was it hard right when you got there to kind of get with the program, or were you like? It was ready? hard because you know of of the. The, the structure, the structure, yeah. It was and you very, weren't it was using. Really you had been using plenty for a while, yeah, but now and I was I was about two weeks clean when I went in there. So yeah, I was still you know, very, very much on edge, and you know maybe second guessing it. Or, mm-hmm. But so so then you okay because that's it's interesting to me, right? So your recovery is very faith centered around you know, it Christianity, it which is, is awesome. That's the only thing. That's that's the only thing that got me through. Like I tried everything, and that's else. the important thing as we get to like what you do because <laughs> like look. 
you know, for all intents and purposes, I mean, your whole life has brought you to this moment right here, right. and you've been doing this show mm -hmm. and sharing your story. And I want you to put in your own words what the what you have found about your recovery or your belief system, your your that you find like the core of all this for you. Like, what is it that motivates you to stay sober? What motivates me to stay sober? Um, well, aside from getting a second chance to do things that um, I didn't do so well, such as being a father. Okay. Um, you know, that's, that's big. That's big for me. Uh, you know, just, yeah, but what's flipped in your head to make it all of a sudden really important to you is my point. Like, what is it? I don't mean to cut you off. I'm uh -huh. just saying, like, when you think about this, like, this is a relatively newer thing for you. 16 months, a lot can change. Yeah. It's a tremendous okay. thing. Mm -hmm. But all your belief system up to going here is it, it, it's it's been evolving, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the main thing I've done uh, in the 16 months is 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 I've I've put I've put Christ at the center of everything. Okay, you know, um, I don't do anything without praying about it. I don't um, even come to the show, you know. It was, it was there was a process mentally coming here um, as far as like prayer. Should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? And you know I, that that's that's what it is. Like I, I tell people, I don't make any decisions on my own anymore. Um, they're they're all led. I'm led now. Okay. I'm, and and I'm led by the by the spirit and whatever whatever God tells me to do is what I do. And you do you believe you're receptive to that? Thing? I am. You can hear the voice of God. I, it's no, it's okay. No, no, it's, it's not a voice. I understand. I, I'm just you know, asking you. It's, it's different. It's different for different people. It's a feeling that yeah. is with, like, yeah. for me, I heard the voice of God through song that changed my life and said that he was real. And yeah. that's why I would walk around that thing with my hands up because I didn't care anymore. I was mm -hmm. like, you know what? I already know I'm forgiven. Yeah. I already know that God can change. Like, that's, that's a very strong conviction. But I also have this very strong thing that I respect anybody's path. And the importance of this program is in, these, in sharing these stories is like, look, not everybody's going to do NA. Not everybody's yeah. going to do AA. Some mm -hmm. people are going to say, I am done using this shit. Some people are going to turn to God. Some people yeah. are going to turn to the rooms themselves or a therapist or whatever. Mm -hmm. And your pathway is faith-based around yeah. the idea that you have a second chance. Yeah, I, I have a second chance. And I, and I believe that I'm, I'm alive because, you know, I, I, I shouldn't be alive. I, you know, I shouldn't be. And there's only one explanation, and that is God. He's kept me alive. He's kept me through. He's gotten me through all the incarcerations all the nonsense that i win because i mean i've been in a lot of situations where most like where i should be sketchy right <laughs> yeah, like, well, and hanging like, out in that lifestyle and, like copping dope and then yeah, like i mean you know running dope fighting and threatening people and all that you know i should be dead like really yeah know? at a much earlier age and you're not right mm -hmm. and it's like it's a, all of these things to have these realization yeah okay and this absolute conviction because i believe you've definitely evolved i mean like the man you are today and talking to you as opposed to even you were still the same man but just different thought process oh, I, yeah. I know you have mm -hmm. a like you're a lot more grounded and and thoughtful in your approach to things and methodical almost and mm -hmm. you also i've noticed is have a strong amount of accountability that you're fine with to make sure that people you know yeah. But you, you, especially with the house and got city gospel mission. And then mm -hmm. that whole is because you know that they saved your life and they've saved other people's lives. They have. And you know, I, I, you don't like it. You don't like the process cause it's tough. Correct. It's not easy. It's not easy to go someplace and have somebody tell you what to do, when to do and how to do it all the time. <laughs> and you know, but that you, you do it anyway. And the reason why is like I said, you know, I get a chance to be a father again, you know, like a real father. Like I get, you know, not just, not just say I got kids, you right? Know? 
um, and and I'm engaged with them, and they're they're engaged with me. We do Bible studies. We you know we actually do things together now. So and, you believe you're a better dad today than you ever have been? Or? Oh man, much better. Do your kids know about your they struggles? Do. They do. Um, it took me a little while to tell them, but I you know they were they were coming to City Gospel and visit me. They thought that I was in there for smoking. I'm smoking cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> but you know, uh, it's kind of funny. It, it, yeah, it is. It eventually well, came. Yeah, out. I guess so. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but eventually, you know, I you know told them the truth about what was going on, and uh, they've been, you know, they've been a real, like, uh, I guess, a real motivation for me. Okay, um, I get that because my kids have been the huge one of the biggest motivators for me. Yeah. So naturally, just so we can kind of wrap this up, you did get divorced. I did, yeah. Okay. Uh, how's your relationship with your ex-wife? Uh, we're we're good. I mean, we're not like work in progress. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. But you guys co-parent effectively. We do. We do. You see your kids? I do. All right. I, every week. Every you, week. Uh, just about every week. Yeah. Just about every week. Mm-hmm. Sober. Which oh is yeah. Beautiful. Obviously. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are your plans from here? Well. Um, I graduated City Gospel, so I plan on leaving there. And um, I was sharing with you, I wanted to kind of get 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 the word out, you know, about recovery. Um, I feel like I have a a story to tell, and, I, and absolutely, and and you're doing it right now. Yeah, <laughs> to thousands of people. And well, um, I hope they don't be stressed like, out. <laughs> yeah, no, like, and I hope I hope maybe listen to me that look, even today that somebody that can help, uh, you know, change somebody's life. Let them know that there's a, a better way, you know, and uh, I want to do that. Um, I really want to try to reach the youth. Okay. Uh, that's that's a big thing because I feel like if someone would have caught me early, then I wouldn't be having these troubles now. Let you know that you have value. It doesn't have to be this way. Or kind of show you, like, hey, you shouldn't be getting in the car with, quote, unquote, like, uh, yeah, old people, older dudes yeah. and then, you know, doing cocaine when you're 10. Exactly. But, you know, and I'm not to judge you or anything. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think it's, like, so uh, – if you could say something to someone still struggling, what would it be? I would say you're not alone. And I would say it's okay to that 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 it's okay to to need help and to admit that you need help and to go get it. And to go get it. Yeah. Mario, I wanted to thank you for taking the time on this Tuesday evening to share your story. I know we went through a lot of different things and spent a lot of time in your past. And, you know, if I've learned anything in this process uh, of recovery, um, is that I don't know anything. You know what I mean? Like what works for me may not work for other people. What works for you may not work for me. But what you're talked about today will work for somebody else. Okay. And they, and, you know, um, your recovery will continue to evolve and you'll learn new things and, and, you know, but use your voice, man. You got a voice. You have a stature about you that does command attention. And I think it's a really beautiful thing. And I, and I think it's awesome. Cause as I said, I remember who you were when I met you and you are, while you're that guy, you are an evolution of that guy. And I think you now get it. I think you do. And oh, you yeah. didn't back. I, that I did now. Like, Damn, man, it kind of sucks. I wish, I, I think I remember who I talked to you about to my friend, uh, Thing I talked to you about to my mom and some other people. I was like, it'd just be great. Like, I wish I could transplant this so he would know he can avoid the pain because it's painful. It's yeah. a painful process to get to that point where, you're like, all right, I'm gonna throw my hands up. Yeah, so I'm, it's very unfortunate I had to experience the pain to get to where I'm at. Hey, man, uh, 
but at least you got the life you do today, and it's it, it's it's only looking up. So, Mario, thank you so much for doing this. Everybody else, new episodes uh, every week, you know, trying some different uh, formats here, streaming directly online. But uh, we're calling this one Super Mario <laughs> because I believe you are, and, you, and you've made some tremendous and super progress. New episodes every week. Please like, share this stream out to anybody you feel would uh, benefit from hearing a story of recovery. You can also stream all of the shows right here on Facebook. Uh, just go to the podcast podcast section or the podcast app of your choice whether it's spotify apple podcast just search tragedy to triumph or google aaron lane l-a-i-n-e lastly if anybody is, needs help um you know or you are loved one is struggling you can always call me at 513-454-4769 outside of that keep doing big things is there anything you'd like to say as we close out yeah anybody out there if you're looking for help uh try the city gospel mission it's a good place it's a good program uh you can google city gospel mission um it'll show up I, i'm not for sure of the website but they have a men's and a women's program uh and i you know try it try it get get you if you I need love help it. you're out there you're seeking help that's a good place to go it's changed your life and it's changed many others. Sure man. Has. So let's keep changing lives. Keep doing big things. You guys are awesome. We'll talk to you soon. From tragedy, tragedy to triumph. To triumph.